When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a couple of minutes past nine o'clock here on SENZ. Mornings with Ian Smith and Ricardo Paul in for Smithy. He had his first day of cricket commentary yesterday, of course, over at WA as uh, Australia uh, took on uh, the Windies in the first test over their first day of the first test. And boy, the Aussies went OK, didn't they? 293 for two at Stumps. Uh, I think it was a good toss to win that one and uh, and decide to bat. Um, this is how the Aussies look. Um Marcus Labuschagne, 154 not out. Steve Smith, 59 not out. And uh, the Windy's doing it tough over there. They did knock him a couple off the top, though, has to be said. And David Warner's rubbish form continues. He was out for five. And uh, Usman Khawaja, his opening partner, got 65. So, uh, yeah, Warner's really off form at the moment. He wasn't scoring too many runs in the T20 World Cup, and he's not scoring them here either. Uh, the best bowler for the Windies is Kyle Mayers, who took one for 24 off 11, uh, but there was a bit of stick handed out to a couple of players, including Jaden Seals, who was the other um, wicket-taker for uh, the Aussies. Uh, a couple of other big Sporting results uh, this morning. Australia have beaten Denmark 1-0 in the FIFA World Cup. means the Aussies, for the first time in their history, have got two wins at one World Cup. They are through to the round of 16, and they will play the winner of the group that contains Argentina, Poland, um, Saudi Arabia, and Mexico. Those two games, it's at halftime. It's nil all in both of those. If it stays this way, uh, then it means uh, Australia will play Poland. Um, in the next round. Uh, currently, as, as it stands, it's, uh, I think, the Argentinians in second place and Poland in first place as it stands. But still 45 minutes to go in this one. So a massive win for the Aussies. Also a big upset win, Tunisia. They got a win against France, which they needed to give themselves any hope of going through. But that Aussie win torpedoed them. So the French, who put out a second-string team, lost that one 1-0. Matthew Conger, the New Zealand referee, he refereed the game and uh, correctly ruled out a last-minute equaliser for the French through Antoine Griezmann and uh, caused a bit of controversy. But uh, looking at the uh, the letter of the law, made the right call. So yeah, that's uh, where we are on that front. Also, uh, in netball news, this morning they did the draw for the Netball World Cup, which takes place in South Africa in July next year. And so now we know the groups. Australia in Group A have got Tonga, Zimbabwe, Fiji. In Group B, it's England with Malawi, Scotland and Barbados. Uh, South Africa, Group C, have got the Jamaicans, who I think will probably be favourite for that group alongside Wales and Sri Lanka. And then uh, the defending champions, uh, the Silver Ferns, uh, New Zealand. In Group D, they've got Uganda, Trinidad, Tobago and Singapore as well. Coming up on the show, uh, we are going to have the big rig, Ben Robb, uh, in to talk darts. After 10 o'clock, he's going to be in studio. He's off to the PDC World Darts Championships uh, later this month. Two and a half million pounds 
could be one there. So we'll talk to him about that and how he's going to spend it when he uh, when he obviously wins uh, that tournament. Well, we're also after 11. I'm going to go to Yorkshire and catch up with Johnny Davidson, an Englishman in exile up there. Sorry, an Australian in exile, I should say, up there and talk to him about Australia getting through to the round of 16 at the World Cup. I can tell you the Argentinians have just taken the lead against Poland right at the start of the second half as well. So Argentina now lead that group and they would be Australia's opponents in the round of 16 if the scores stay the same. Uh, time, though, now to turn our attention to cricket and joining us is White Fern star and opening bat, Susie Bates. How are you doing, Susie? Yeah, good morning. Good, thank you. That's a story, mate. How, uh, how, how are you settling back in? I know you haven't been back in the country long after, uh, you know, your uh, WBBL season. Yeah, I got in last night, so... Then, um, sorry, I gave everyone at the WBBL a couple of days at home because we've been on the road since the Commonwealth Games. So it was nice to say hi to the family and then get back on the plane. And, yeah, this morning back with the group, which is nice, actually. It's been a while since the White Friends have been together. And, obviously, it was after a pretty special moment at the Commonwealth Games winning bronze. So it's nice to see everyone. Yeah, and it's a pretty steady group, isn't it? I mean, uh, there there have been a couple of changes, but in general, you've got a pretty stable lineup there. I mean, looking at the the team that's been put together for the Bangladesh series, Jess McFadden gets her opportunity. She's been around the team for a while, but hasn't had a chance to make her debut yet. But she'll uh, she'll take the gloves. Yeah, she's got another opportunity with the gloves, and obviously Ben Sawyer being new this year, he wants to have a good look at everyone that's around uh, leading into the 2020 World Cup. So there's a couple of changes, but um, he was pretty happy with how the team went in the West Indies, and we've got domestic cricket coming up too for him to have a look at everyone. But yeah, we've still got the old senior heads around, plus some really young, exciting players. Yeah, which is which is good to see. I was going to ask you actually about uh, the WBBL final. I know you, you guys lost in the final, but um, how was that experience playing over there for another season? I mean, I think you've been playing over there uh, uh, since what the Scorchers in 2015? I mean, how's how's that competition developed? Do you think? Yeah, it was it was a very cool experience, and I had the last couple of seasons off with my shoulder injury and then COVID, so it was nice to get back involved and a fresh start with a new team. And we had a pretty good season um, until we got to the final and had one of our worst games. So that's sometimes how cricket goes. But yeah, it was awesome. We played at North Sydney, which is the home ground for the Sixers, and. Um, a sold-out crowd and how many young girls and boys were there for, for that game and them sticking around after the game for autographs. And the competition, I think, is one of the best in the world and it attracts the best players and obviously the Australians are, are pretty good and it was nice to play in the final, though it would have been better to have won. But, yeah, it's good to be back home in New Zealand um, after that. Yeah, I bet, mate. I bet. How does it? Uh, how does actually the the level uh, of the WBBL uh, measure up against the Super Smash? Of course, that's where we're developing our players, probably not as many imports, but how do you find the level? Yeah, it is a bit different, and I think that's just the depth of Australian women's cricket. You know, they have domestic players that are contracted all year round um, in all their state teams, so that just brings a little bit more depth into the game in terms of, you know, the bowlers and batters they have available um, from their domestic sides. And, yeah, I guess having overseas players, there's two to three in each team. Um, it does lift the standards, but I guess the, the best players in the Super Smash are just as good as the best players in the WBBL. I think it's just about their, their list they're able to put together are, are more professional at the moment. But hopefully the Super Smash will get there one day.
Yeah, fingers crossed it gets there. I mean, it's a great development place for New Zealand players. But, I mean, you've played in both. And, you know, the Aussies obviously um, are a different beast, if you like. Uh, they approach the game differently, different mindset. Do you think that's something that we could learn from back here, particularly the young players coming through? Yeah, I think that was um, one thing about the Sydney Sixers team in particular. Obviously, they've got world-class Australian players and they're just so competitive and Look, we have some very competitive players in New Zealand, but I think that spreads across their domestic players. There's competition for spots in every single team. and every single game, you're competing for your spot because there's someone banging on the door. So I think that's where they get that really competitive, ruthless edge from because, you know, they have to keep improving their game to stay on their side. So I think, you know, when you create that depth, you do create that extra level of um competitiveness even in your young players so look we're, we're definitely going in the right direction and it's so great to see the professionalization of of the game and young players um you know are now coming into the squad ready to go at international level so i'm excited to see how some of our players go and hopefully we have really healthy competition in the next few years mm. yeah i mean that, that is the one thing that i wanted to talk to you about uh in, in this interview but we'll, we'll get to it now actually and that's the progression planning um for the white ferns we've seen it with um the black caps you know just of late you know with with martin guptal um giving way to finn allen um uh, and the way that they've, they've they've worked that um that plan through the black caps and progressing young players up uh you know we've seen amy satterthwaite and, and katie martin step away in the last little while from uh, the White Ferns. You and Sophie, of course, are two of the more senior players in the team who bring the bulk of our runs generally. How do you think that uh, transition is going to go when you guys finally call time? And, and do you think that we have the depth of players coming through that can give us the runs at international level? Yeah, it is always hard to know. And look, obviously, a player like Sophie Devine, the way she plays is irreplaceable. We're not going to find many more of that. But... Yeah, I think um, we, we've made some changes after the World Cup, which were, were tough at the time, but that's allowed space for the likes of players like Georgia Plymouth, who play at international level, who's got a really bright future. And, you know, she's going to take a while to find her feet at this level, but we've at least given her that opportunity. And, look, there are some really exciting programs coming through with the under-19 team going to a World Cup, and we'll start to see... You know which players um, at that level are going to be the future for the White Ferns, and look, there's going to be a few holes when a few of the senior players do move on. But I also think the likes of, you know, Lauren Down, Brooke Halliday, Maddie Green have shown, and um, they've got what it takes. And sometimes it just takes for those senior players to get out of the way um, because <laughs> you know when when they're there, that's what you know. So look, there's there's definitely um, an exciting future, and you know Amelia Kerr is only going to get better with the bats. So. Yeah, it's not it's not a huge concern, but I think Sophie and I are very motivated to keep playing with this young group while we're still contributing and, and loving our cricket. So hopefully that's um, you know, a few a wee while around the corner that both of us give it up and maybe, you know, we do it at different times so it's not such a big gap at the top order. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully. I mean, you, actually, you mentioned Mealy Kerr there because, I mean, she's been she's a player that grabs a lot, a lot of headlines um, the way she plays the game, but I almost think that her, her sister Jess has kind of been a little bit un, unsung uh, because I think she's come on in leaps and bounds in the last 18 months, hasn't she, as a bowler? Yeah, that is the nature of Jess. Her. She's always in the background, um, in the shadow of her younger sister. But 
No, she's been awesome, and to see her get an opportunity at the WBBL and open the bowling for one of the best sides in the Brisbane Heat and do such a great job um, was awesome. And the thing with Jess as well, she can give the ball a good whack. So um, she is an all-rounder, in my opinion, and she's going to get more opportunities with the bat. So, yeah, but look, there's definitely some talent there, and New Zealand cricket are investing more and more in the game and our preparation. So I, I think those types of players are the ones that are going to shine. Yeah, well, where do you where do you see her future in terms of um, in the order? Do you reckon she's an eight? Yeah, I reckon she could sort of get in twenty twenty cricket. She could sneak up that six seven position and sort of just go out there and change the momentum of the game. Um, yeah, she's definitely she whacks in unorthodox areas and over the offside. So once she gets that confidence with the bat, I think she could be a genuine all rounder, sort of lower lower order. Yeah, you bowl like a bowling all rounder. Yeah, but a little bit just sort of Jacob Warren. Um, <laughs> he he had a bit more leg side though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you know he used to be a goalkeeper? He used to play, used to be, be play football and be a goalkeeper. That was the uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every time he played and was in the field and take a catch, the commentator would mention that. I remember that. Um, how's, yeah, he told us a lot when he coached us. He mentioned <laughs> that nearly every day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you you got to up yourself if no one else is going to do it, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, um, how, how has how has the uh, the camp changed? And I, I don't know. Maybe the the focus, the direction, uh, the type of cricket you want to play changed under under Ben Sawyer. Yeah, he's been really refreshing, and he's been around the women's game for a long time. And obviously, with the Australians, when they've been world champions, so look, he's brought a fresh voice and fresh eyes to to our group and he's got some really good coaches around him um, in terms of a spin bowling coach and now Dean Brownlee, a specialist batting coach. So I think he's just pulled together a really good team to help move these young players forward and he's just super organised and um, he works hard. So we're we're training hard at the moment for this Bangladesh series um, because he's looking ahead to the 2020 World Cup and that being our focus so we're trying to get a bit more volume of training while we're together during the series and yeah I think he just um he loves cricket so um that works for me because he just wants to train a lot which is always nice and yeah he just knows the women's game so well so he understands you know what it takes to be the best team in the world. You mentioned Dean Brownlee as well. He's come in. Uh, obviously, you know you know your game. You've been very successful playing your game. How does a batting coach help someone like you, a senior player like you? Yeah, it's funny. Like you say that, but there's always something you're tweaking, or there's bad habits that that still creep in, especially when you play a lot of 2020 cricket um, over the year, and you don't necessarily have that time to focus on technical stuff. So, look, it's just getting to know him and then asking him to look out for a couple of things and if he notices anything in particular. And I guess then for the batting coach, it's just picking the right time to bring that up because when you're in a playing phase, sometimes you don't want to be thinking too technical. So, yeah, it's just building a rapport and, and seeing how that works. And he's already um, joked at me. He's been told that he has to um, get his arm ready because I like to hit a lot of balls. So... <laughs> <laughs> It's a good start that he understands that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I haven't worked with him yet, but I've heard really good things from the group so far. That's great, mate. That's great. Um, looking at the uh, at personal goals for you, I was looking through your ODI century list, and I noticed uh, I think you've got um, ODI centuries against seven different countries, but you don't have one against uh, Bangladesh yet. Uh, I know you got the T20s first, but is that something that you have in your mind that you, you want to tick off? 
Yeah, it's funny, as I've got older, I've probably moved away from those sort of milestones. And, um, yeah, I guess you always go out there to contribute to the team and scoring hundreds is always a, a nice feeling. So I think in the back of my mind, if I get in in any of these one days, that's definitely going to be a goal. I think when you bat at the top of the order, you always have an opportunity to score hundreds. So it would be nice to do that because then I'd be putting the team into a winning position. So look, I haven't thought about it, but when I'm out in the middle and I get a start and I, if I know I bat deep, then I'm every chance of scoring 100. So it would be nice to get one against the Bangladesh team because we haven't played them that often outside of World Cups. No, no, exactly. Although I do notice that they're in your group for the T20 World Cup next year. Yes, they are. So um, that's going to be a tough group. But um, I think those 2020 World Cups, they are tough. You sort of, you've got to win um, at least three of your four games and there's always tough opponents. So you've got to start well. So look, we have got an eye on that World Cup because this group really thinks we can break into those semi-finals and, and cause a few upsets and go all the way. So um, that's how we're thinking, and this is, I guess, the start of that preparation. Mm, all right. Um, one of the other names that has uh, come back in, uh, in under under Ben, um, who maybe wasn't there as much um, under Bob, is uh, Leah Tahuhu back in. Um, big, strapping, fast bowler who likes to come to the crease and has a bit of aggro about her. What does she add to the attack, do you think? Yeah, she gives us that um, bit of mongrel when she runs in with the ball and she's ultra-competitive. And Look, I think Ben, um, from being involved with the Australian side and understanding what their batters thought of Leah and the respect they had, he thought it was a no-brainer to have her in the side. And Look, she just brings that, I guess, energy when she opens the bowling with the ball and, and bowls with real intent and pace. And so it's great to have her around the group as well for our young fast bowlers and for someone like Molly Penfold for her to learn off Leah is really great because Molly's going to be one of the quickest bowlers we've had for the White Ferns so that's exciting and mm. yeah it's great to have her um, back in the group because she you know when you're in a fight you want Leah with you. Definitely you'd rather, you'd rather have her with you than against you right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey um, I, I was also um, uh, wanted to sort of ask you about um, the, what, what players, what do you guys do? Um, we've seen a lot of it, and I know you, you've got the games coming up here, but in November it's been pretty wet here, you may have noticed. Um, what do you guys do as players? I know you're not allowed your phones, right, in the studio. So what do you do when, when you have rain delays? What do you guys do? How do you, how do you pass the time when you're waiting to get back out there? Oh, no, don't talk about it. It's my worst nightmare is I can't sit still, so rain on a cricket day is the worst possible scenario so I, I'm trying not to give that energy because the weather forecast looks a bit dodgy um, for Friday and Sunday but um, yeah, I look, I do actually have a pack of cards in my cricket bag um, at the moment just in case uh, for that. Sometimes I'll, I'll take a book but there is absolutely no chance with this group that you're going to find somewhere to sit and read um, so <laughs> I'll bin that off um, there's often music Mealy Kerr will have the music out and there might be some rogue dancing from a few people um, but yeah it's pretty much cards and music I think at the moment is pretty much how we fill our time but look, you just pray that um, there's no rain because I think this group goes a little bit crazy <laughs> Yeah, Nice, nice uh, With the music uh, how, how much uh, karaoke goes on and, and who's the who's who's the uh, the first one to, to lead the karaoke? Yeah, sadly, um, at my age, it's still probably me. I love a good sing-along. Um, yeah, so you probably have to 
try and steal the microphone off Mealy and I. We're the ones that usually get up there and try to encourage others, which um, is not always that easy. Um, Hannah Rowe often gets up to help with the dancing, but um, she needs her arm twisted a few times. So, yeah, look, I'd have to say Mealy and I probably play the terrible music and sing really loudly. Jess is the best singer, but... Um, the ones that can actually sing well are usually the ones that are a bit shy. <laughs> yeah, and what's your go-to track? What are you What are you going to open with? Uh, oh, at the moment, do you know what song actually often comes on? A Soldier Boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> because it's more of a it's more of a crowd pleaser that you might you know you don't want to start with a slow ballad because we might put everyone to sleep on a game day. So. It's, Soften some more upbeat songs, and that's one of my go-tos. Yeah, nice, nice. So we just had a text come through, uh, not about your singing, actually, Susie. Um, although, although, although we might get to that again shortly. Uh, are you still bowling a bit, and and we likely to see you with a ball in hand? Uh, well, actually, um, I've you know been reinvented as some call it off spin, some some just call it slow bowling. But yeah, in the West Indies. I had been bowling a bit in the nets just to help out with sparks and just a few offies off the short run. And then our new bowling coach, um, you know, kind of helped me when we were in the nets. And we played on very um, slow wickets. And I got a few overs in the West Indies and took a few wickets, which was entertaining to some. But, yeah, I have been working on a little few offies. But, yeah, it's more nude spin. But, yeah, it might be handy next year when we play in Sri Lanka and India, but on flat wickets. I think it's going to go the distance. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's more it's more about flight and guile, as they call it, than, than turn? No, I don't even know if it's flat and guile. I think it's just, like, straight at the stump. Right. That's, that's all it is. Line and, and length. Gav Larson, dibbly dobblies. Yeah, similar actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, hey Susie, thanks very much for giving us some time. I know you only just got back in the country. The last thing you probably wanted to do was jump on the phone this morning rather than go out and have a bat. So we'll let you go and and, and do that and um, test Dean Brownlee's arm out, mate. And uh, best of luck for the series. Hopefully it's sunny and we get to see you uh, play some cricket and, and put some runs on the board. No worries. No, it's good to be chatting to Kiwis again. So appreciate the chat and yeah, looking forward to the series. So let's not talk about the rain and hopefully the cards stay in the bag. Fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed. Good stuff, Susie. Go well. All the best to the okay. team. Thanks, mate. Cheers. See ya. See ya. 9.24 here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Ricardo Ball in for Smithy and uh, we'll be back shortly. 9.29, updating you, there's been goals galore um, in Qatar. Now the Argentinians lead Poland by two goals to nil, and Mexico lead Saudi Arabia two goals to nil. The Mexicans, have, uh, the Mexicans have finally turned up at this tournament because they have been awful the first two games, and they are 2-0 up against the Saudis. Now what does this mean, potentially, for the groups? As things stand... It means Poland and Argentina go through. Poland and Mexico will have the same points and the same goal difference, but Poland have got less yellow cards, so they will go through with four yellows as opposed to Mexico's seven. But that could all change because we've still got 20 minutes or so to go in both of those games. Coming up, we are going to be taking your calls. What do you want to talk about? You heard Susie Bates there having a bit of a chat about uh, this, where the White Ferns are at at the moment and succession planning and uh, the series against uh, the Bangladeshis coming up, the World Cup next year, the T20 World Cup. It was uh, the, the mindset of the Aussie players from the WBBL as well. 
We can talk that. We can talk the Football World Cup. Of course, Matthew Conger, the New Zealand referee, was in charge of the France-Tunisia game. Disallowed a goal right at the end to the French. Uh, That might be something you want to talk about. You might want to talk about the state of play and the fact that the French put a second 11 out this morning against Tunisia in that 1-0 loss that they had. Uh, We can talk all of those things. Also, the Netball World Cup. We've got the draw. We know who we're going to be playing. Uh, Of course, Silver Ferns are the defending champions. All of that and more to chat. It is 9.30. Here's the latest in news and sport from Aroha. Talkback time with Smithy. Call now 0800 150 811. This is SENZ. It is Mornings with Ian Smith. Thanks to Brandt, your local John Deere equipment supplier, Ricardo Ball, in for Smithy. It is time to take your calls. Talk back time, of course. SEN's caller of the month wins an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill. Uh, thanks to Ava Living as well. That should be just about due to be uh, drawn, actually. And uh, we'll let the winner know uh, coming up soon. But still, your chance to give us a call. On 0800 150 811. 0800 150 811. That is uh, the number, and Zaid is called through. G'day, Zaid. How are you? Yeah, good. Good, thank you. It's a story, mate. What do you want to talk um, this morning? I think France put out too much of a B side. I think they were kind of chilling a bit too much. And they, they, I know they already qualified for the group stages, but I think they were trying to coast it a bit too much, and they clearly left too many players out. Mm. It didn't matter in the end. They still finished top of their group. So if you're the coach, yeah. you go, I got did 11 it, players, I got play 11 players some game time, and um, I managed to rest my, my big stars because it's, you know, three games in about nine, ten days. So from a French coach point of view, it's good management of his squad, I think, and it hasn't uh, impacted. Mbappe didn't start. No, he came off the bench, played about the last half hour. Um, and uh, if... if it's the way it's going. If Argentina wins, will they play Australia? Yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, and um, um, that's well, looking very lightly because they are 2-0 up against Poland now with 15 minutes left. Well, not being mean, but um, I think Aussie will be bundled out. That's, that's Aussie's World Cup over. Yeah, I think sure. you're probably right. Uh, I mean, the, the round of 16 is the furthest they've ever gotten. They got there in 2006 yeah. and lost to eventual champions Italy. So it might be a case of history there. repeating, eh? And uh, uh, I want to get on to the cricket. Um, how annoying is that weather? Two overs short of yeah. the Black Caps getting that win last night. Again, um, it just shows how bad November's been, and uh, maybe having cricket in November just doesn't work. Well, it's interesting because, you know, this, uh, I think this series uh, against the Indians was originally supposed to be December. They moved it forward to November because the Black Caps have got to go and make up those games they missed in Pakistan, Pakistan, right? So um, we had a text through yesterday, Zaid, from somebody who said, look, you know, just ask a farmer. Uh, November is spring and it's one of the wettest months in New Zealand every year. Why put cricket on? Yeah, I know. So a bit of a waste of time there. Yeah, indeed, mate. But, I mean, uh, the guys looked pretty good, didn't they? I mean, they were in a very dominant position. Uh, according to the Duckworth-Lewis, they, they would have won that if they'd had another two overs down. Yeah, you know, apparently they hit Duckworth-Lewis by 50. Yeah, so they were well in yeah. front. Yeah, they, they, they certainly yeah. are well in control. Um, and, you know, it's a series win against India. We'll take that. It would have been nice to do it 2-0, yeah. but 1-0 will do. So it's all the same at the end of the day. Well, we the T20 one, was that, that could have been close as well because... Remember, they went off at Douglas Laws, and that was tied as well. Mm, that's right. That's right. So, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's play, it played a bit of a uh, played a bit of a part. That's for sure, mate. Um, now I see, I see actually out of the um, 
uh, England camp uh, going to uh, Pakistan because England play Pakistan. I think that's due to start tonight in the test. Uh, but a whole bunch of the English players are down six, so I'm not sure if that's going to go ahead. Oh, yeah. Um, and Tai Tui Vasa's fighting this week in the UFC. Mm, yep. And Tyson, Tyson Fury's so, fighting uh, Derek Trezora as well, so there's, there's plenty of fight sports yeah, on. I think Trezora's going to get cleaned the floor up. He's going to get hammered. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I can't see um, Not, Tyson Fury There's only one him. thing that's going to happen there, knockout, I think. Yeah. I can't see that going the distance. It'll be like a sixth, seventh round somewhere around there. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good stuff, Ben. Hey, thanks for your calls, Zade. Yeah. All good, thank you. Cheers. 0800-150-811. 0800-150-811 is the number. Tell you who else is doing really well at the moment, and that is the Breakers. The Breakers are flying in the NBL, considering what happened last year or the last couple of seasons. Uh, breakers are going great guns. They are now. They I looked at this about a week ago. They were still paying fifteen dollars to win the championship. They're now into a dollar fifty-two. Uh, so they've played thirteen, won ten, lost three. They lead Sydney at the top. They're two games ahead of Sydney, the Kings, uh, at the moment. And uh, they are, ooh, let me try and do the maths on this one, a long way ahead of Cairns as well. And the South East Melbourne Phoenix, who they actually play tonight. Now, NBL Overtime is a show uh, in Australia where they talk about the NBL, and they were giving the Breakers some love. Huge weekend for them once again, and they just continue to get better. I love them. And I'm almost at the point of saying this team's going to win the championship. Oh, wow. Because they are playing at... They're playing at a higher level than any other team in the league right now. No doubt about that. On on a heater and um, really connected. Everybody um, playing really well. And then the import trio. I mean, we might be having to start to talk about whether or not this is the greatest import trio of New Zealand Breakers history. Oh. We might need to start having that conversation at some point because they are absolutely elite. Modi Mayor has that team playing at a, at a super high level and um, I love the way they go about it at both ends of the floor. Yeah, Modi Mayor doing a great job and uh, hats off, I think, to the ownership group as well. They learned their lessons. They tried to do something different uh, with the breakers. They realised it didn't work. We had a couple of very lean seasons, uh, to put it politely. Uh, they've gone back to how they used to do things, how that squad used to look, and and look what's happened. Modi Mayor, uh, also a very much a man ma- uh, man management guy, and uh, the players seem to love playing for him as well. So good to see from the Breakers. Uh, Scott's joined us on 0800 150 G'day, Scott. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks, Ricardo. How are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. What did you want to uh, cover off? Uh World Cup. Um, it's uh, been pretty difficult with the old multis, hasn't it? With, uh, you Mate, know, with I've been torpedoed so many times. Down. This World Cup oh, has done I've, me. I've been close on multiple occasions with um, with quite a few of them, paying quite a bit as well. And uh, you know, you, you sort of um, if it's one of the two o'clock games, obviously you know not getting up to watch that one, but you get up to watch the five o'clock game, go and check and. Uh, See a multi's been completely destroyed by a game you wouldn't even think it would be destroyed by. Yeah, well, you're, you're exactly right there because I had a uh, a game uh, a multi that was destroyed by Croatia Morocco being nil all because I didn't think Morocco were going to be as good as they have been. And then uh, this morning I had uh, I had a multi that had Denmark winning, France winning, and Argentina winning, and I woke up and went, "Well, that's toast as well." Yeah. Yeah, no, it has. It's, it's, I've had quite a few exactly the same thing. And, um, I mean, full credit to Australia. I mean, it's 
you know, uh, it's it's good for them and, and good for football over there. And it's a pity it's it's not us, but um, you know, it is good for them to go through as well. Um, so the thing I was going to check with you, um, just because I'm driving, I can't check. But um, if Argentina finished top, that means they would meet Brazil in the semi-final again, wouldn't it? If they finish top, yeah, 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 they're back on track to to, to play Brazil in the semi. Uh, it also means they get Australia in the next round. Yeah, I think I think they'll cruise past uh, cruise past them. They've, I think they've, you know, obviously they lost to the Saudis first up, and um, they didn't look that impressive. But um, I think since their last game, and I, I haven't actually got to see any of this morning's game, but um, yeah, they, they seem to have clicked all of a sudden. So um, it, it will be will be interesting because I think Brazil haven't quite clicked. Yet, so it'll be interesting to see how they go um, once they start coming up against a few harder teams as well. Yeah, I mean the Brazilians have played um, probably their two toughest group games so far. I think they should have too much for Cameroon, and the way Cameroon play, they'll be a bit more open. Whereas you know the Serbs and the Swiss were very structured and, uh, and, and resilient sides, and no Neymar either. I believe for the last group game, but I think they, they'll, they'll win that reasonably comfortably. I tell you, that's the one I'm looking forward to though. Um, is the Swiss versus the Serbs. I don't remember if you. Uh, I don't know if you remember the 2018 World Cup when those two teams played. I think it was. Was that a round of 16 game? Or was that a group game as well? But uh, there was no love lost in that one, shall we say? Uh, I think there'll be that'll be plenty tasty. I think you're exactly right. I think it was the round of 16 in that one, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what the TAB are checking on uh, three plus cards. Yeah. I think quite a few of the games uh, have been paying about five dollars. Uh, for three plus cards for each team so um, it might be one to definitely jump on again. Yeah I, I reckon uh, now news out of the England camp uh, not massive news because uh, he hasn't really featured but Ben White the Arsenal sort of right back slash centre back has gone home for personal reasons um, and he's not coming back apparently um, but uh, what, what have you made of England so far at the World Cup I mean they've got Senegal next you would think they'd get past there so that's a quarter final yeah, I think I think Senegal it will be tougher. Um, I, I think it'll be a slightly tougher game. They should have too much to go through. I mean, when you look across the squad, just how much quality they've got in that team. Um, but I think, as you, you've said in the past, that um, Southgate can be a bit too conservative, um, and, and you know doesn't always look to go for it. I mean, that first half against Wales. Um, you know, completely explains that. Um, but I think, you know, they should have the quality to get past Senegal at the end of the day. Um, but saying that, you know, um, I'll chuck it in my multi and, and probably it'll throw up and uh, ruin that one as well. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing, is that quarterfinal, if it goes to as we would expect it, which, as you have said, Scott, uh, is no guarantee at this World Cup, but if things go as you would expect, that means that quarterfinal on the 11th of December would be France-England. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you've got to. I mean, the French, apart from last night's game, they've looked good. I mean, obviously they made a few changes last night, so that's always not going to help as well. But um, you know, when they've got their first team together, they they do look pretty good at the moment. And and I'll probably say, you know, probably the slight favourites. Um, but as I wouldn't write off Argentina at this stage because they look like they've just started to click. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I know they lost that game to Saudi Arabia and maybe they just needed that to take the pressure off. But uh, heading into that, they'd won, what, 36 on the bounce? So, uh, yeah, And, the, and yeah. this game against Poland, I know you're driving so you haven't seen it, but I would say this is one of the most dominant performances uh, I've seen at the World Cup. They've completely, you know, Poland haven't really had much chance at all. This is kind of England-Wales sort of dominant. 
Yeah, yeah. And their Polish team's not a bad team as well. So, I mean, if, if Argentina are completely dominating them, um, you know, it, it just shows that they have sort of possibly, um, you know, had a bit of form and, um, you know, they, they do look like they could be pretty dangerous and uh, it will make it a, a hopefully a tasty semi-final as well. Yeah, fingers crossed, man. Fingers crossed, Scott. All right. Uh, all good. Thanks very much for your call, mate. No worries. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. You can give us a call 0800 150 A reminder that the caller of the month will win an Oklahoma Joe's Blackjack Charcoal Kettle Grill thanks to Able Living. You got to know Smithy's Multi. Know when to walk away and know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. All right, here it is, your TAB Multi for today that I have put together for you. You can bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. I've gone a couple of games in the NBA. Now, Stephen Adams' Memphis Grizzlies are playing the Minnesota Timberwolves who last time out gave up something like 142 points to the Golden State Warriors. So I've, I've taken the Grizzlies, they're on the road, but taking the Grizzlies, $1.67. The Atlanta Hawks should be far too good for the Orlando Magic. They're paying $1.42. And then I have gone to a football game. Tomorrow morning in the World Cup, uh, Japan play Spain. It's the last group game. I've gone the draw in this. Spain are big favourites, but I've gone the draw at 450. Spain are already through. And uh, a draw gets both teams through. Germany have to play Costa Rica in the other game. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Spanish make a few changes. The Japanese know a draw is enough. And I think 450 is really good value. So put all of that together. I chucked $20 on it myself. It's returning 213 What do you think of that, Robbie? You, are you amongst? Don't mind it. You're right. Don't mind it. Ten sixty-seven odds. Ten sixty-seven is what it's paying at three-leg multi. So uh, if you like that, uh, maybe one you can have a look at. The Memphis Grizzlies at a dollar sixty-seven. The Atlanta Hawks at a dollar forty-two. And the draw between Spain and Japan tomorrow morning is paying four dollars and fifty cents. That is uh, what we're looking at. Um, is how do you reckon? Uh, I know you're a, you're a, you're a cricket fan, mate. Um, one of the ones that I was looking at is the Ford Trophy today. The Aces are playing. Otago, uh, and I know the Aces have had a pretty ordinary start to the season, but they seem to have picked things up. The Aces are big favourites in that one. I think that's that's the one up in they're playing in Whangarei, aren't they? They're playing Whangarei at the uh, at the Cobham Oval. That's right. Um, yeah, they got they got Guppy and Chapman in the squad. So that that's um, all right. Those guys go all right. Yeah. So I'd 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 back them. I'd back them to to beat Otago. I'd say. There you go. All right. Well, that's another one that you might want to have a look at. We've got a couple of texts through on double eight double three. Morning, guys. I stayed up and watched the Black Sox last, uh, Black Sox last night. Gutted they couldn't get it over the line. New Zealand batters just couldn't score their base runners. Pitcher Dan Chapman chucked an awesome game until the ninth when he got picked off in Cuba. Ran in there, man to win uh, on three to win the game. Uh, our batting, our fire batting lineup just couldn't get the vital hit they needed. Cuban pitcher, 46 years old and threw a full nine innings. That is a mammoth effort. It is. That is a huge effort. So uh, the uh, Softball World Cup over from a Black Sox point of view and 
Uh, no name on this text, but according to the commentator, if the scores stay the same at Mexico 2-0 and Poland two goals down, Poland will go through to the knockout stage on the fair play rule due to both teams being on uh, being equal on all tiebreakers. Yeah, that's correct. So um, you go points first and then you go, I think it's goals, uh, you goal difference and then I think it's goals scored uh, and then head-to-head and they I think they, they drew, didn't they, those two teams? So um, then it goes on yellow cards and at, as it stands, Poland have four yellow cards and Mexico have seven. So that's why Poland would go through. Uh, There is three minutes left in the Poland-Argentina game and about six minutes left in the Mexico-Saudi Arabia game. So uh, there is still time for that to change. Mexico just need one more goal, or Poland. You could say if they can get a goal back, um, then maybe. But I think they're pretty content to sit and just make sure that Argentina don't score again, because that would also torpedo them. So uh, we'll keep you up to date with that uh, as the game progresses. It is seven away from ten. Yeah, we're a little uh, away from 10 o'clock and uh, had a text come through here on double eight double three. Ricardo, have you learned nothing? The Football World Cup is so unpredictable. Spain-Japan game could be a draw, but Spain are favourites and just as likely are Japan to win after all the results we've seen. How on earth can you pick anything in this World Cup? Yeah, well, that, that Craig is a fair point because I have had a, uh, my, my successes have all been on outside shots uh, and my sure thing multis have not come in because of the upsets that we've seen. And speaking of upsets, uh, the Saudis uh, have upset Mexico. Um, they're not going to win the game, but they have scored. So it is Mexico 2, Saudi Arabia 1. That goal will effectively put Poland through because of uh, it'll change the goal difference. Uh, and Mexico and uh, Poland were tied on points. Uh, so that is uh, where that sits at the moment. They are pretty much bang on uh, the end of all the injury time that was going to be played. And uh, there's a free kick from for a foul on the goalkeeper. Um from them against the Mexicans, and uh, I think that'll just about be it. Now, coming up on the show in the next hour, we have a panel. We are going to be talking uh, cricket, FIFA World Cup, and a few other things as well with Aidan McLaughlin and Brendan Bradford. We also have the big rig in studio. Yeah, we're going to be talking darts with our very own Ben Robb, the uh, number one ranked New Zealand darts player and co-host of At The Oki. This is SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith, Ricardo Ball in for Smithy. Thanks to Brian, your local John Deere equipment supplier. And uh, in the studio, it's all about learning to fly. He's got plenty of experience in flying. It's been here, there and everywhere. And it's about to head off to the PDC World Champs for a third time New Zealand's number one ranked darts player, the big rig Ben Robb's with us. G'day, mate. How are you? Morning, Ricardo, mate. Yeah, getting excited. Yeah, mate. I bet. I bet. Are you, uh, are you getting to take a support crew this time? No, <laughs> no, I've got two mates coming with me this time. Um, sounds pregnant. That, that sounds dangerous. Yeah. Oh, no, they're good friends. They'll keep me honest. So they, they don't will? get too carried away. Okay. Well, that's good, mate. That's good. So how did you get to go to the PDC World Darts Championship first off? Uh, so we have a pro tour in New Zealand. Um, I think we've played eight events this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have we get ranking points. At the end of the year, we have a top 16 playoff. And then uh, we all get together for one last tournament. And we all play each other for for a full day, and the top guy from that tournament goes to play for New Zealand at the World Champs. And that top guy is you. Yeah, I beat uh, Hopai Puha in the final. I think it was seven four or seven five. Wow! So it was a good game and um, good opposition. And it was probably us two in people's minds who was going to go. So. 
to get it was a special bro third time it's pretty cool yeah very cool man how do you deal with that mentally what's the uh you know in terms of you know what's on the line right you know that that plane trip's on the line the pdc how do you deal with with that mentally or is that just not in your head are you just thinking about the game yeah um it's hard not to think about it um i'm lucky i've done it before so to get through it i kind of know what it takes i guess um just reminding myself uh, what I can do is, mm. the, is, the, is the best way. Um, my partner always tells me, you got to remember you're the big rig. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. You are the yeah. big rig. Yeah. She's yeah. like, you got to remember, like, yeah, those guys are good, but you are you are being the most consistent all year. And I just, it's all about confidence. So the more you kind of hype yourself up and just remind what you can do, yeah, then just keep doing it. But as soon as you acknowledge where you are and what you're playing for, you just your mind's gone, so you just try not to. Do you, do you kind of drop that in other people's ears when you're playing against them? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. All, all the other ones try, you know. They're always trying to go, like, I'm coming for you, man. But uh, nah, man, I just try to stay focused and away from the mind games outside of, of, of the boards there. Yeah. yeah, nice. Now, this season, you've had a great year. I mean, you mentioned it, but uh, the tournament results since, I think, September. You are first in the JD1000, first in the New Zealand Maori tournament singles, first in the New Zealand Maori tournament pairs. First at the DPNZ Pro Tour 6, first at the DPNZ Pro Tour 8. The Southland Darts Masters, you got runner-up. PDC World uh, Champs Qualifier uh, 2023 match, you won that. You won the Ted Clements Memorial Open as well. Yeah. That's a, that's a lot of ones, mate. Uh, there's one, yeah. two, and there's a lot of ones. What does that do for your ranking points? I mean, how do they accrue? How far ahead of number two are you? Um, on the DPNZ, I think um, quite clear. Yeah. Um, I think I won one. I think I won five out of the eight tournaments this year on the Pro Tour. Massive, and I think I made two finals too. So, nah, I was good. I mean, I'm probably the most consistent this year. Um, on the on the World WDF ranking, I'm eighth at the moment for the world on the WDF. Um, hope I prove I was fourth. So it's a good 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 thing for New Zealand darts. Yeah, very much a good thing. I mean, you go up to the PDC World Champs, it's a different level again, right? And yeah. you bigger crowds, there's more lights, more cameras, more everything. Yeah. Um, prize fund, two and a half million pounds, mate. When you win it, what are you playing? What are you spending it on? Um, a the boat? baby room. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just like make life easier, bro. Like you know, like it's kind of crazy to think a million dollars is a good, a lot of money, but you could probably spend it in you know three months. Yeah. Just kind of set up our lives. Buy half a house in Auckland. Buy, buy a garage. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like set up set up family, bro, so life's yeah. easier and we don't have to work as hard. That's that's the goal with that is to try and make as much as I can to make life a little bit easier for us. Yeah, it's all about the cream, eh? That's it, mate. I mean, I wouldn't go away for the glory because, yeah. <laughs> you know, can't can't feed the kids with glory. No, that is true. <laughs> that is true. Uh, how, how different is it? You know, playing, say, the uh, World Champs qualify here versus playing first round over there at Ali Pali? Um, not a lot. To be fair, the quality is quite the same. Like, we we don't really get a, a fair show for, like, the world to see what we can do because we, we don't even have the iPads and that over here yet. But our standard's high, and there's nothing... I've been I've played on TV. I've seen those darts thrown at me on a floor tournament in New Zealand. Mm. It's just when you get to that top level, it's every game. It's not every other game, I guess. So I'm used to having good darts thrown at me and throwing great darts back. So it's a bit of a just same I've always done, really, but it's just 4,000 poms screaming the same song behind you when you're playing. That's the different part. Yeah. They are, they, when, they, when they're in a crowd, they, they all know the songs, they all know the chants, 
So it's yeah. like they're, it's like one giant person just screaming at you behind you. It's it's like playing in front of a football crowd, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy cool. Like in New Zealand, we had four thousand in Hamilton. Yeah, more than the Ali Pally. But everyone's just kind of doing their own thing. All we know is, you know, go Ben Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We need to be a bit more inventive with our songwriting. Oh, definitely, mate. The, yeah. the poems, yeah. they got it on point. Yeah, yeah, they're very good, mate. They're very good. How much do you hate Sweet Caroline? Oh, yeah. That's cool, though, when they're all doing it. Yeah. It's pretty cool, except when Daryl Gurney's singing it. Yeah, yeah, maybe not so much. <laughs> no, not so much. He, he got a bit uh, carried away on the stage last year. <laughs> started singing the song in front of everybody. <laughs> they gave him the mic after he won, and he just started singing, and everyone's like, mate, mate you all right? You may, maybe stay off the mic, eh? <laughs> yeah. Stay off the mic. Stay off the mic. Um, yeah. So, I mean, obviously you want to go there to win it. Yeah. Um, how do you think your place to do that now we're kind of, I guess, post-pandemic? I know it's still kicking around, but yeah. it's, we're not as restricted because I'd imagine it would have been harder not being able to go and play all those tournaments so you're not exposed to that level, right, all the different players and things. But now you get a bit more of that, so you feel yeah. more confident you can achieve? Yeah. Uh, this time around, uh, last year, I had gone. We had all, we had nationals in August. And then we had COVID came through New Zealand again. Yeah. So I didn't get to play a live match until the World Champs from August. I was playing online and stuff. And that keeps your arm moving. But I got over there. I got overwhelmed by it all because mm. it's been so long. And whereas this time around, I've played every weekend since almost June, bro. Like, it's been crazy. So yeah. I feel like there's a momentum behind my game. Yeah. And when I land uh, in England, I'm playing in the Motors Super Series. Cool. Which, which is a week-long tournament, five games a day against other players, I think, are playing at the World Champs too. So it's a good warm-up this time around. Yeah, very much so. Are you straight into the first round or do you have to qualify? No, no, first, straight in the first straight round. Straight in the first round, yeah. The very first game of the World Champs this year. I'm the first guy to walk out. Awesome. Who Mickey have you got? Man, Mickey Manzel. How do you reckon you could go against Mickey? Uh, he's like, I mean, he's a professional dart player. Yeah. So he knows how to play darts. But he's kind of a guy that's rocks and diamonds, right? He's either yeah. on or he's terrible. He's played at the World Champs seven times. He's only won once. Yeah, right. And that was against Hopi during the pandemic. So, and if I win that, if, I, if I'm able to win that game, yeah. then I play Peter Wright the same night. How so good. two games one night can make 50 grand a night if I go all well. So yeah, that will be awesome. good. Go up against the snake bite. Eh? Yeah, that would be amazing, bro, to play yeah, him. To play him in front of that kind of crowd as well. Reigning world champ. I've played two world champs in Michael Van Gogh and Gilman Price. Yeah. So to have another world champ on stage, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be magic, man. That'd yeah. be magic. What's your walkout song? Um, Dangerous by Royal Deluxe. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. It's got yeah. a bit of a vibe to it. A bit of a, and and, and have, you got a, have you got a new shirt? I know that Dart Depot do your shirts for you. Have you yeah. got a new shirt for this for the world champs? No, no, same design, just different layout for sponsors because they have their restrictions of what you can do on, on TV. So people who buy my shirt on the Dart Depot, that's the same shirt I'm going to wear on stage. So, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of cool like that. Yeah, what, what's what's a shirt cost off the Dart Depot website that's got the big rig on it? I think it's going for 85 bucks. That's right. You can get two of those, and you still got change from what the Warriors are charging. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And hey, it's pretty cool. It's cool, and you win. Yeah. So, and also, um, I think the Dart Depot is going to announce today that anyone who buys any big rig merch, yep, uh, during December, can win my my the shirt I'm going to wear on stage at the Ali Pally. I'm just going to give it back to. Someone who buys any kind of big rig merch, whether it's flights, darts, or shirts. Wow, just like, yeah, win the shirt off your back. Win the shirt, yeah. And imagine if I beat Peter Wright on stage, that shirt. Hey, everyone might want a piece of that, that shirt. shirt. <laughs> Mate, to be, well, to be fair, I, I, 
I'm going to go on the Dart Depot. I'm going to. I need to buy a set of darts. I need to buy a board for home, actually. Yeah. So I'll buy some Ben Robs. If I, I guarantee you, if I win your shirt, yeah. then you've beaten Peter Ryder. I'll give you the shirt back because oh, that's, that's something man. you want. That's something that's you want. It's a memento. Yeah. Oh, you know, but like, bro, like last year when I got to the World Champs, it was so expensive and it was just backed by people's generosity. Mm. Uh, I had so many people fundraise for me to get there, and it cost a lot of money to fly around that time. So. It's just a way to say thank you to people who have backed me and, you know, just a one little, you know, buy a set of flights for like 30 bucks and you can win my, my plane shirt. It's just a, to say thank you to people who supported me to get there. Yeah, no, it's fantastic, mate. We, we should talk about your, your sponsors as well. The Dart Depot obviously is, is one of the big ones. Uh, they've helped you a lot, mate. How, how does that work in, in terms of like you sign with them, right? Yep. As, as a, do they help you develop your darts or do you help them develop your line? How does that work? Yeah, so I, I pretty much have ideas about like how I want my dart to look or feel, what weight, whatever. And uh, Andy at the Dart Depot, he just accommodates that. He's the middle man that goes to 180 or at the time because I was free, like a free agent type of thing. Yep. And he went around and asked a few people and the 180 were the most keen to have me. So, And then they came with all these kind of things that they could do for me and, and Andy was the guy who's just like, you play darts, and I'll sort all that, all that kind of stuff. So you, your mind's on the game, That's, and then he'll get all that sorted. We'll come back, we'll sit down, go over it, and then choose from what we want to do, and it just makes things so much easier. Yes. All I got to do is play darts. All you got to do is play. And what what is your dart? What is it? Uh, grip wise, barrel size, uh, weight. Yeah, that. so it's a rear weighted dart. Um, it 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 tapers from the rear to the front. So my my, my mindset was uh, when it hits the board. And it, when it tapers down to a point, there's more room on the board. Instead of having a fat barrel covering the whole board, there's only pretty much the point sitting in there, which leaves the board open to more scoring. That yeah. was the mindset anyway. But, mate, uh, a lot of sales in it. Like People are loving the, loving the, the design and, and the dart. So it's good feedback. And uh, I think we're making the Gen 2 barrel at the moment too. So looks a bit cooler too, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, good. Bit of, bit of swag on that one. Bit of swag. You get to do flames up the side so it goes faster. <laughs> <laughs> little little fins come out the side. <laughs> uh, all good. Well, outside of the dart depot, who else do you? Uh, who else is on board the uh, the big rig? Ah, uh, so my darts is one eighty. My flights are Con- a Condor, Japanese company. Great, I love my flights. Uh, I've got Wallet and Co. Uh, uh, the couple out in Tolong that always helped me out. Uh, Adam Drake was my very first sponsor. Um, gave me five hundred bucks when I started the whole journey. I appreciate that, bro. Uh, Team Misfits in Australia. Uh, I've got. Um, one staff in Auckland. I've got um, Bar Pro Solutions Systems. Yeah, <laughs> man. Hey, yeah, yeah, man. Um, I know there's. Um, oh, hold on, mate. Let me pull this up real quick. Yeah, yeah. Active yeah. Attractions. Yeah. Uh, t- uh, Tall Poppy down in uh, Queenstown, and um, All Grey Plumbing. Uh, my, the guy that I work for. Cool. Uh, he's the one who's like, mate, chase your dream. You'll always have a job here. As long as you're here, you do your job. And, mate, he could make life so much harder. And he's just kind of like, mate, chase your dream. We'll all be back in you. So, how good. Man, I couldn't do it without them, bro. Like, traveling at the moment is just getting ridiculous. And, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good spot and got good people around me. So, it's pretty cool. Mate, you sound relaxed. You sound confident. You sound happy. And those are all good things going into something like, the, you know, the PDC World Darts Championships. Yeah, I've always been that way, bro. Like, there's no point stressing about anything. Mm. Not going to help me. It's just going to tighten up. The best way I play darts has just been fun, 
uh, relaxed, loose in the arm, and just having a go. I mean, Rory never heard it. If you watch my highlights, man, I'm like <laughs> cringing hands, like looking back at me like, with his facials and stuff. But I love it, bro. That's all good, man. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming in and having a chat, bro. And best of luck. When do you, when do you fly out? Tomorrow morning, 9, Wow. Yeah. Okay. Go well, man, and best of luck. Uh, can't wait to see you on TV um, smashing it. Cheers, Ricardo. Cheers. Thank you, Mark. The big rig, Ben Robb, there he is. Make sure you go to Dart Depot and check out his full range as well. It is 18 away from 10. You can also catch darts every second Monday night right here on at the Oki on SENZ. Check out the SENZ page for all the times and details. It is 18 past 10 when we come back. It's time for the panel. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Uh, time for the panel and joining us out of um, New Zealand's rain capital, especially when there's cricket on, is Aidan McLaughlin. G'day mate, how are you? I am good, Ricardo, and I can report there's no international cricket here today, so it's a beautiful day. <laughs> guaranteed, guaranteed. And uh, from the other side of the ditch from Code Sports, Brendan Bradford, how are you mate? Good mate, very good. Sleep deprived. I, um, but I bet, <laughs> I bet. Um, let's start with you, mate, and let's start with the FIFA World Cup. Honestly, coming into this World Cup, I thought Arnie is an overrated coach. He's out of his depth at international level, and this is probably one of the most average Socceroos squads I've ever seen assembled. Um, how did they do that? Uh, we spoke about uh, a couple of days before the tournament started and just sort of laughed off Australia's chances. Um, here we are. Uh, but... Yeah, I have no idea how they've done it. Just scrappy, um, scrappiness, good counter-attack that goal this morning. It, you know, they've been very smart in you know, that sort of transition phase. But just, uh, yeah, just all heart, all belief. It's like they've just sort of uh, gone into, you know, battle mode. They've, they've locked out all sort of uh, outside voices. I know uh, Graham Ardell has sort of said, urged his guys just to stay off social media and not read whatever anyone's saying. It's sort of a siege mentality um, in the Socceroos camp, but uh, it's just taken the country by storm. It's just been amazing. Yeah, Aidan, I, I don't know if you got up at four for the Aussie-Denmark game, but uh, it ruined a multi of mine, I'll tell you that much for free. <laughs> I, I was curious. I'd look back myself at the predictions, the score predictions I'd done before the World Cup, and I had Denmark to win 1-0. Um, so yeah, I mean it's just it's just crazy. But hey, all credit to them. I mean it's just another in a long line of um, shocks and upsets at the World Cup, really. But great to see them. What a tantalising last sixteen fixture that is now against Argentina. It's great stuff. Yeah, the Argentinians got through. Um, they, isn't it funny that they have beaten both uh, Poland and Mexico, but lost to Saudi Arabia, who have done the opposite. They've beaten the Argentinians and then lost to the next two. Um, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't read about that. And uh, yeah, Messi getting Argentina through and top of the group, which means Brazil Argentina as a semi final is uh, very much still on. Brendan and uh, maybe I don't know. Do you think uh, that? Cancelo uh, is uh, still going to be gunning for Messi now that Mexico are uh, not going through to the round of 16? <laughs> well, he, he had to um, issue a, an apology. I, I think he said, uh, you know, he basically admitted he'd, he'd had a few beers, um, you know, a few Coronas <laughs> while he was watching the game, got a bit bit fired up and he apologised to Messi. And, uh, you know, Messi missing that penalty today and, and you know, Argentina just needed to score one more time. Um, and Mexico probably would have gone through on goal difference ahead of Poland, and it didn't work out that way. So I guess that's the uh, that's the payback for for Leo Messi over Canelo. And um, yeah, people over here are already talking about Harry Sutar versus Leo Messi in this uh, round of sixteen game. Um, 
Supercar just been absolutely phenomenal with at the back for Australia so far. But um, yeah, look for for yeah, on the, in the bigger picture, Argentina Brazil semi final would be amazing. Yeah, it would be huge, Aidan. Uh, what's uh, what are your thoughts at the moment? I know that you've uh, been watching uh, England, of course, who got through uh, yesterday. It means England are playing Senegal in the round of sixteen, and we also know, of course, that the Dutch will play the US. Now we've got uh, Poland up against France and Argentina up against Aussie. Uh, I guess it's 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 all about permutations and trying to figure it out. I mean, but if things go the way we're thinking, which given this World Cup they won't, uh, we could end up with a France England quarterfinal. Hunting and quarterfinal, yes. Um, bit of bit of water on the bridge first. I think you know. I think I think France should beat Poland. I think Poland will give them a game for for sure. But you'd expect the way France have been playing um, that they'll get through. England versus Senegal again. You'd expect England to to come up on top. But hey, I remember going back to 1990 when England had a bit of a struggle against another African uh, side, three uh, two, I think it was against Cameroon. So. You can never count your chickens, can you? I think, um, but I think all things being equal, yeah. If you were a betting man, which I know you are, you'd probably go for that France England quarterfinal, wouldn't you? You would, and I know where your allegiances lie, Aidan, um, over the over in the Emerald Isle. And a friend of mine is over there at the moment, and he just sent me this. This was the chant at the uh, at the pub he was at: North men, South men, comrades all, Dublin, Belfast, Cork, and Senegal. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Forward it to me, please. I will, I will. Uh, let's uh, move on, gentlemen. Uh, cricket, England squad um, hit by illness ahead of that uh, first test against Pakistan, which is uh, due to start tonight. Uh, we might, I don't know if we'll see a delay or if it's just going to be a, uh, a week in England, Brendan. Are you any uh, thoughts on that? Is, that? is that something that's been in the news over there? Yeah, I've just been, been catching up or following it in the last sort of 24 hours with uh, this outbreak that They've been very clear it's a viral infection. It's not COVID. Mm. Um, they've been very clear to put that out. So really interesting. I don't know if it's if I can remember ever seeing sort of a test match or a game of cricket like this just sort of being delayed for, you know, reasons like this. Um, but it'd be, it'd be a shame if it doesn't go ahead, um, even if it's delayed. The, the history behind this first, you know, England test in Pakistan in so many years. Um, it'd be a shame if it doesn't go ahead got me thinking yesterday, maybe, maybe they're all just watching the football and just want a couple of days off to, to relax and watch England. That'd be the most English thing ever, wouldn't it, Aidan? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, pretty pretty much, I think, apart from uh, when that time when the dogs stole the World Cup back in 1966 or whatever it was. Um, but uh, I think I think that it might be a day's delay. I, th- I think Pakistan and England are on the same page here. They've obviously had a bit of a chat. And they said, look, we, you know, we, we want you to put your best team out. If that means you get an extra day and we delay things, so be it. Uh, I think, in the, And that's important given the status of this tour as well to Pakistan. They've got, I think, three days be- between the, the scheduled end of the first test and the start of the second test. And everyone seems comfortable if that only results in a two-day gap between them. So I think, I think again... Common sense will probably prevail and they'll probably delay it for a day. Although it was interesting to hear Joe Root overnight. I think he said he had come down with this infection and he was coming right already. So it'll be interesting to see just how quickly they all do get back on board. Hopefully it is just kind of a 24, 36 hour thing for all of them. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. 
we have the panel with us, uh, Brennan Bradford out of uh, Code Sport in Australia and Aidan McLaughlin as well. And uh, Aidan, the uh, third ODI against India yesterday, um, all surprised that we got as much cricket as we did with all the forecasts I'd seen. Unfortunately, finished two overs short of Duckworth Lewis, allowing the uh, Black Caps to get a second victory and take the series two zip. Um, how do you think we are shaping up ahead of Pakistan? I'm honestly not sure how much relevance it's got to Pakistan, to be honest with you. I mean, Pakistan's not for a few weeks. They've had very little cricket in terms of uh, both the T20 series and the ODIs. Uh, I'd imagine that a lot of players will come into the test team before those two tests over in Pakistan uh, in late December and early January. And I heard Kane say in the post-match interview now that, the you know, because they've had a, they have had a, in theory, a heavy schedule with the World Cup and then travelling around to all these various fixtures, although they haven't managed to complete a lot of them recently. Um, and there was the, the series before the World Cup as well. So Kane said, oh, look, you know, we're basically going to have a couple of weeks off now just to refresh. So um, they'll all go off. They'll have a bit of a break. Uh, there's no four-day cricket on at the moment because there's four trophy on. Um, but I guess that is the nature of international cricket. You kind of bounce around from country to country, format to format, and it's not unusual for a touring side to basically go into two tests with zero preparation effectively. So I don't really think we can read too much into the last week or two, to be honest with you. I think it could be quite a different team that actually takes the field in that first test in Pakistan. Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, won't it, Brendan? Because, I mean, I looked at things and I thought, well, 145 from Tom Latham in that first ODI. Uh, he hasn't been in the Black Caps for a while, doesn't play T20 cricket, so that's got to be a good thing. But you look at the schedule, uh, 27th of December, we start a test against Pakistan in Karachi. Then we play another test uh, early January, and then it's three ODIs after that. Uh, not exactly ideal pre- Preparation when you know New Zealand's about to go into Super Smash mode. Yeah, and and also you know, coming out of just such a crowded white ball sort of couple of months, um, I was just trying to figure out, trying to remember when the last time that some of these guys would have played red ball cricket. Uh, one of the last tests was by the time they uh, you know walk out to play Pakistan, it's going to be six months between between test matches, I think, or, or close enough to it. Um, I, I think that's. You know that's that's probably the issue. Um, and if they're not going to be playing between now and then either, how you know you know how sort of pre- prepared are they, and how good are they going? I know we're, we're going to talk about Australia um, in a second, but um, it, you know it was it was notable yesterday that Martis Labuschagne and Usman Khawaja played a lot of Shield cricket in the lead up to this Test series. So um, I think just the pre- the preparations might be uh, a little strange for you know yeah coming out of a lot of ODI and T20 cricket two tests and then back into some more um, shorter format cricket as well. But uh, yeah, like you say, that's that's the way of the world at the moment. Um, the modern game, I think there's still we're still adjusting to it in many ways, the sort of global schedule of the whole thing. Yeah, uh, yeah I think you're right. Uh, it's going to be, you mentioned it, um, Aidan, in terms of what the uh, what the makeup of that New Zealand team will look like. Because the last time we played in the subcontinent in a test series, uh, you remember was before England and Rajan Ravindra was, pl- uh, you know, who's really been an opening batsman who bowls a bit of spin, was named as the spinning all rounder and batting at seven, um, and he played all three of those tests. And the word out of the New Zealand cricket from Gary Stead was, look, you know, he's the project going forward. He is our spinning all rounder uh, for when we play in these conditions. You know, looked like he was ahead of Mitch Santner and Michael Bracewell wasn't on the scene at that point in time. And you thought, okay, well that's all well and good. Then we get to England. And they let him go to Durham, didn't play him at all. Um, 
and Michael Bracewell, the second test against the Poms, comes in to do that same job. So I'm not sure where Rajan Ravindra sits anymore or what that whole conversation was about. It's a really good point. It's a really good point, and um, it will be interesting when that squad is named just to see if he is in it. Um, I think he is still in their thoughts. He is a young man, um, perhaps, that once they had a look at him up close, uh, they just thought, hey, maybe we'll go a slightly different route with him here. But obviously to us who aren't part of those conversations and that wider discussion, it can be quite confusing. So uh, I think he will come back, whether it's this tour to Pakistan or in the future, I'm not quite sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're quite right. Look at someone like Michael Bracewell who's come in. Um, be hard to bet against him being in that squad. Mm. And then, I mean, where does Ajaz sit? You know, does Ajaz come back in, uh, the premium spinner in New Zealand cricket? Um, but he hasn't played for, for quite some time for his country. Uh, but he done pretty well last time he, he had an outing. Yeah, he did. He did pretty well. I'll tell you, somebody who hasn't uh, gone particularly, uh, particularly well in any form of the game of late, Brendan, is uh, David Warner. Uh, when I had a look uh, this morning and saw that Aussie had finished 292 for two, um, I expected Warner to be amongst the runs, but he was out early for five. Uh, question marks starting to come about his future in the Australian team? Uh, I know, you know, he's sort of fielded questions, not about form or, or you know, his place in the team but he's getting towards the end of his career he's he's almost looking at, at retirement um they played played a, a an odi series here against england just a couple of weeks ago and it's probably his his last white ball cricket in australian colors um australia's not back here for another year or so um so yeah that, that might be it for him but um yeah we're just watching him yesterday it was slow um the west indies were they didn't try a whole lot but they were very Sort of discipline. They opened the opened the innings with with four slips in a gully. It was it was a it was a bit of a throwback. It was really nice to see, and it just kind of seemed like David Warner was getting a bit frustrated, um, and he yeah just slashed it one, just going away outside off and, and cut it back on. Um, you know when when he middles them, you know he 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 could have scored, you know fifty off about forty balls, and and um, you know, Australia away laughing. Doesn't always work out from that way, and I think. Um, yeah, just like I sort of mentioned before, his lack of his lack of uh, longer format cricket over the past couple of months probably showed out there. I think. And on that too, you know, you mentioned the England series. I mean, England versus Australia is one of the great rivalries in in cricket. Uh, I was talking to Ken Rutherford. He suggested to me that uh, the Australian public might be a bit over this Australian cricket team because they've realised they're pack of dickheads basically is a, I think is the way he put it and they're not really that you know you can't really identify with them that well we had 10,000 people show up at a 100,000 state, people stadium in the MCG to watch England versus Australia that's got to be a shock to Cricket Australia surely because I mean that would have cost them a bundle yeah that's it's not a good look and I reckon um, those numbers were were inflated a little bit I don't think there was 10,000 through the gates maybe if you if you're counting people, you know, staff working at the bars and 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 media and groundsmen, um, there's no, yeah, I, I don't think so. And yeah, it is a is a genuine worry. Um, there were same same crowd figures yesterday. It just cracked ten thousand, I think they said it you know, over in Perth. Um, and like you say, the the Australian men's cricket team is just on the nose at the moment. Um, and there's there's a lot of different reasons why. Um, I th- I think when they're not winning. It's easy to turn on them. Uh, you know, it's easy to um, sort of sweep things under the rug when you, you know, when you win that T20 World Cup last year and then sweep the ashes basically, and everything's all, all rosy. But um, you know, when you 
when you're knocked out of the your home T20 World Cup early, um, and people aren't going, it's it's easy to start sort of pointing the fingers. Um, the the Justin Langer situation, I think a lot of people are saying that that's one of the main reasons behind why people are off it. I think it's I think it's a little bit bigger than that. Um, but definitely, it's it's just an interesting time for cricket in general. But cricket over here, I think we don't really know where the where the one day format sits at the moment. People don't have the the time or you know the you know the money at the moment to be going out on a Tuesday afternoon to the MCG to watch 50 overs of cricket. Um, so I think there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of change and, and a lot happening in Australian cricket at the moment. Mm, yeah, there seems to be Aiden. It's uh, you know not too many tears shed this side for that though, is there? No, I don't think so. Um, and I think it was interesting, you know, watching that T20 World Cup. Was it not? If it wasn't for the Indian and Pakistan supporters that came out in in tens and tens of thousands, I mean, a lot of those grounds would have been quite empty during the tournament as well. I think wasn't there eighty-eight thousand there at the MCG between for the match between India and Zimbabwe or something ridiculous. So, yeah, I think there were there were telltale signs that even during that tournament, um, and obviously the Australian performance in that first game didn't help. But um, yeah, people are just starting to switch off a bit. Yeah, I think so. All right, gentlemen. Uh, lastly, there's a story coming out. I want to get your take on this in terms of uh, talk about blokes that have been overpaid for their job. Um, Cristiano Ronaldo, being apparently offered by Saudi club Al Nasir a three and a half year deal that'll pay him get this 119 million US a year. Um, I reckon I could probably do that job. I'd probably quite happily run around in the desert for three years for that sort of money. Uh, Aiden, is he worth it? No one's worth that, Ricardo. He wasn't even worth half a million pounds at uh, the second best club in Manchester, was he? I mean, it's Ooh, just ridiculous. Harsh, oh, harsh but accurate. <laughs> harsh but accurate. <laughs> yeah, um, unfortunately. Uh, I know, unfortunately, yeah. But, yeah, but where, where does... I mean, it's just, how much money does one person need? But equally, you know, the, the sporting powerhouse of Al Nazir or whatever this club is called, I mean... How desperate are they, you know, when they have to offer a 37-year-old uh, friend of Piers Morgan that amount of money? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Still a, fan, a fantastic player for, you know, best part of 20 years, but that's just, come on, crazy. Yeah, crazy money, all right. Um, Brendan, that'd be the biggest waste of money you've seen in your time? Oh, it's it's sad, really, isn't it? It's it's no good. And I, I was reading a little bit about it, and, you know, they want to use them... Um, to you know, promote Saudi tourism and be an ambassador for the country. It's that's sports washing. Um, mm. It's an extension of this Qatari World Cup and, and live golf and, and a few other things. Um, it'd be sad for a player like I'm not a huge Cristiano Ronaldo fan, but he is a generally generationally good player. Um, and it'd be sad for him to sort of leave this legacy. He, he could he's done so much. He's won so much. He's scored some fantastic goals. But to, to go out like this, it'd just be yeah, it'd be pretty tough to see. Yeah, it would be. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time on the panel today. Go well, and uh, we'll catch up with you again soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers Aiden and uh, Aiden McLaughlin, Brennan Bradford there with us on the panel. It is 17 away from 11. A text came through, said, uh, isn't it funny that Messi wears a kit size too big for him? It's all baggy. Ronaldo wears a kit size that's one size too small, so it's tight. Funny how our two modern goats are polar opposites. That's from Jimmy. Thanks for your text. Jimmy, you keep those rolling through. On double eight, double three, we'll be back shortly with your Harness Racing New Zealand pacing for purpose pick. It's Harness Racing New Zealand Pacing for Purpose Season 2.
gets race on at the 300 metres. Republican Party, the leader. 27.8, third quarter lead to the half on a cooter. Beach ball about to get the inside run from Sandwave. Republican Party, a cooter's a neck away. Then came Beach Ball, a cooter coming after Republican Party. A cooter levelled up to Republican Party, then Beach Ball. A cooter put his head in front from Republican Party, who's coming again. They hit it. I'm staying out of that. It's a close photo, Republican Party or Akuta. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and it was Republican Party just. But uh, this week's harness racing pick uh, to raise funds for women's refuges, the horse that just got uh, beaten out at the post there, uh, which was Akuta. Now, Akuta is racing again at Addington on Sunday. It is race seven, uh, which starts at around a quarter to four. And uh, we're in the number eight is Akuta. Um, we're on that. That is our pick for Harness Racing New Zealand's Pacing for Purpose, uh, trying to raise funds for the Women's Refuge and Akuta, driven by Mark Purden and trained by Purden and Cullen, uh, paying two twenty, uh, which is now into $2 uh, for the win and a dollar twenty the place. When we come back, it's a Love Racing update with Louis Herman Watt. The Love Racing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz. Racing's biggest fan. Yeah, five away from 11 and time for our Love Racing update uh, on the Grand Tour Racing Festival is coming to you. So is Louis Herman Watt. He's coming to you right now on the cellular phone. Uh, Louis, a heavy track yesterday at Rotorua. Did you find any winners there? No, and I didn't even try. Um, Kai won early doors, so our listener Cam tipped us into that. So I had a bet on that early doors, but... Other than that, I didn't try, mate. Hey, sorry, I don't want to railroad this again two days in a row, but <laughs> did you see that my sweepstake team are the ones that get to bury the Americans in the round of 16? Mate, how good is that? How good is that? The Dutch get the US in the next round. Are you happy? Are you happy with that setup? I am so happy to be the ones to do it because I was just listening to a, an American sports podcast, and, and I love it for my NBA and my NFL, and they started talking football. And hearing their voices say the words PK, goalie, um, take them off the dribble, I was just like, this is the biggest start. Like, this, is, this could not be more what the, the phrase stay in your lane was defined for. Um, so <laughs> I do I'm, hate the I'm term really PK. Annoyed. PK annoys me. Oh, my Lord. Does it what? Um, anyway. Yeah. Anyway. People don't need to get two days of that. Uh, I just wanted to round that off. You're, you're happy. Today, I was going to say you're happy that you've got the USA next, but chances are you get through them, you've got the Argies in the quarters. Oh, that, that's fine. I, I've been pretty unimpressed by them. Um, and the, as long as they give Australia a hiding and then we can deal to them after that, um, that, that, that would be nice and good, uh, Ricardo. Today That'd be the is ideal. Nice at New Plymouth, mate. Yep. It's a nice car there, actually. Um, and there are, there's one race in particular I think everybody should watch. Even if you don't have a bet in, Race four, 22 minutes past three. There's a horse pin me up that'll be second up. She'll be hard to beat, apart from the fact there's a heavy track. Now, this is the classic winner. She's very talented pin me up. And she came back to the races with a big second um, resuming. So I think she'll be going close, but the heavy track could trip her up. The other horse that's going to go on to do good things is a horse called Ideal. She is beautifully bred in the Waikato stud colours, racing in partnership with... Alan Sharrick, the Savabelle mare out of I Do, and she is talented. She can gallop. We followed her all summer last summer, 
and she got us paid away. But El Sharik has been very patient with her, very patient with her, and um, she'll go on to do good things. Then you've got Fire Mary, Stars of Australis, um, you've got the Hottie for Robbie Patterson, and they'll all be tough to beat. I'm gonna tip. I'm gonna tip. Iconic less in the same race to run a place at two dollars fifty just because of that heavy track. It's just a ripping race though. It's a ripping race and it's one that we've all got to watch. That's race four at New Plymouth today. It'll be a good form race. Moving forward across the card, Robbie Patterson's team is the one to follow. One bold cat in race number seven is probably the easiest way to fill up on the card. It's a dollar sixty-five. It's really short. You can probably run it through your multis. And he's got another runner, a first article called Times Up. And race two, which is trialed up super the time test scouting. So Robbie Patterson's team is the one to follow, and race four is the one to watch. All right, mate, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, plenty to get on amongst there, Louis. Uh, have you got Kempy back on breakfast Nick, uh, tomorrow? Yes, yep, Kempy's back on deck tomorrow, so that'll be good. I know he's had a good time down country in the uh, beautiful Waikato. That's good, mate. That's good. Hopefully, you get him back in one piece. Good stuff, Louis. Go enjoy uh, enjoy that racing at New Plymouth today. Will do, mate. See you, Rick. Cheers. Thank you very much, uh, Louis Herman Watt there with your Love Racing update. Eat, drink and get racy. Round up your crew book now, the Grand Tour.nz. And just looking at the Met service uh, saying that Taranaki this afternoon should be fine. Uh, with showers this morning, but should be fine this afternoon. So if you fancy getting along and checking it out, uh, you can do so. Coming up after 11, we have $50, a $50 TAB bonus bet to give away with Stumped. Uh, before we do that, though, we're going to catch up with John Davidson, an Australian living in England and get his take on the FIFA World Cup. It is three past 11, Ricardo Ball in for Ian Smith. Coming up on this hour, we have a TAB bonus bet to give away with Stump $50 after we gave away $250 yesterday. Let's see if we can jackpot that again. Uh, we're also uh, going to have a look at uh, what's coming up with staff this afternoon and all the games from the World Cup for tomorrow, plus Greyhound Racing New Zealand's charity run as well. Right now, though, we're going to talk Football World Cup with an Australian in exile in the UK, John Davidson, mate. Uh, how through the roof were you, and how sober are you right now? <laughs> uh, pretty shocked and, and amazed still. Um, yeah, going through to the round of 16 for the first time since 2006. It's uh, pretty amazing stuff for Australian football. Yeah, massive. I mean, and get, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think any Australian, even the most ardent Australian football fan, except maybe... Robbie Slater with his love and with Graham Arnold um, expected this, right? Because everybody was like, Arnie's not the great coach that we need. He's had probably out of his depth. It's probably the most average Socceroos squad we've sent to a World Cup um, for a long time. I mean, it doesn't have, doesn't really have any stars, a lot of journeyman um, players. This this wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't on the script. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, um, you know, I think we we rate our luck to, to qualify on penalties against Peru and then, you know, the draw... Uh, with, with France, Denmark and Tunisia, we were, you know, uh, hoping not, I guess, to, to be embarrassed, really. So they've, they've massively overachieved. And two wins out of three games is, is, a, is a fantastic result that a few people would have picked. Given that how many of these uh, Australian players play in Scotland, uh, what does that say about the SPL? <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, the Scotteroos is a, is a fair shout. I mean, Harry, Harry Suda has has been immense. Um, obviously, Martin Boyle's uh, injured, but he's, he's there with the squad and, you know, sort of playing a, a bit of team morale role. But, yeah, a number of uh, A-League players have gone over to, to, to Scottish football and 
and doing well. And there's a there's a massive Scottish uh, influence on this team. So uh, as long as as long as with an A League influence, so I think that you know bodes well for the A League considering how well some of those players have been doing. Yeah, well that's the thing. I mean, you could argue that. Uh... Australia, outside of Harry Suter, Australia's most impressive player has been Craig Goodwin, who's still running around for, for Adelaide. Um, it, it really has put their focus, I think, on the A-League. Seven, I think it is, players out of the Aussie 27, uh, 26 play in the A-League, including Leckie, who scored today, of course, and we've already mentioned Craig Goodwin, who scored uh, the goal against France. Uh, what do you think that does for the A-League as a as a league and, and maybe as somewhere that clubs in Europe can go shopping? Yeah, I think I think it's massive for the A League, just massive for Australian football in general. I mean, you, you've seen the scenes uh, of people celebrating in, in Melbourne and just the general reaction. I think it, it puts the A League more on the map. It, it gives a lot more media coverage to football, which has probably been, in terms of media coverage, was on the wane uh, for a couple of years. And it's just great, great publicity as well as you know um, a great lead up before the Women's World Cup, which will obviously be in Australia and New Zealand next year. So. It's just, yeah, it's hard to um, underplay how, how big it is um, getting through the round of 16 and obviously uh, Argentina and a, a little bloke called Lionel Messi next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't help but think, you know, the last time you got to the round of 16 was 2006 and I think you got beaten then by eventual champions Italy. Um with a, it wasn't a controversial penalty at all that. I, and we didn't see a controversial penalty in Argentina's game this morning, so no parallels. <laughs> no, no, no. I think the um, the 2000 game probably rankles still that um, Australia didn't go more for the throat with a man advantage after Matarazzi got uh, set off. But um, yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge challenge. Obviously, you can't underestimate how big uh, that game is. But you know, just to get through the group, I think um, you know is is is, is a, a fantastic achievement. And you've got to give credit to Graham Arnold. He's he's been maligned by a lot of people. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have a job uh, once the World Cup's finished, but, you know, he's, he's looking decent for a, for a new contract with the Socceroos, the way he's going at the moment. Yeah, so that's the, that's, the, uh, that's the thing. I mean, I think there's a lot of people in Australian football who were hoping that they'd see the back of him. I think a lot of that's down to the type of football he plays, right? The way, and, and being quite pragmatic. Yeah, definitely. I think, I think you know, sometimes some of the comments uh, he's made as well probably haven't gone down as well. I think there was one earlier in the, the tournament about Aussie DNA, um, and you, you know you can kind of throw that cliche at, at any country, um, but but you know the way he's motivated this team and the way they've bounced back from the France game, which was a you know apart from a, a bright opening fifteen twenty minutes, it was domination by the French. I mean it, it is quite a remarkable that remarkable turnaround. So you've you've got to give him credit. Um, he's he's done a fantastic job, and you know equaled. Uh, was heading to who was the assistant to back in 2006. Yeah, now, I mean, the two teams that you have beaten, Tunisia and Denmark, two 1-0 wins. I thought the Danes would definitely be better than the Aussies. Uh, they were disappointing. Tunisia, I thought, was probably going to be a bit more of an even game. Um, but there were times in the first half against uh, against you guys that when the Tunisia, when they turned it on, they looked uh, almost unstoppable going forward, particularly through that uh, left-back, sort of left, centre-back that channel. They, they seem to attack well through there. Um, to be honest, I'm, I, I'm really surprised that you've got to the end of both those games without conceding. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, you look at Denmark and Tunisia, both nations, they're, they're ranked higher. 
they've you know on paper got got better squads, you know, more high quality players playing at bigger clubs. But um, you know, the, the Socceroos have managed to grind out two fantastic results. I mean, Harry Suda has been immense um, at centre back. I, I think Matt Ryan um, obviously hasn't played a lot of club football coming in. He's been fantastic, and, and Aaron Moyes really sort of thrown back the years back to his you know Premier League days with with Huddersfield and Brighton, and he's been sensational there. So. There's just been, um, you know, players lifting, you know, playing above themselves and, and collectively being able to, to to get results, which, you know, is, is huge. Yeah, absolutely massive, mate. I mean, tell you a guy that I'm really surprised is, um, and the way he's played uh, and the fact that he's actually still available because I was sure that he would have picked up uh, at least two bookings in the group stages, though, is, is Jackson Irvine. He does, uh, he does a lot of dirty work for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's been great, just pressing in midfield, winning balls, uh, you know, a very physical presence. And I think him and him and Moy have really worked well uh, in tandem in, in central midfield. Um, and I think, you know, there's a number of players. Obviously, Matthew Lackey, great, you know, taking goal uh, uh, today. And obviously, Goodwin, um, you know, against against France was beautiful. And, and Mitchell Dukes had, I mean, he's, he's probably not known for that kind of, Headed goal, but um, you know, there's there's just been you know players who've, who've really created some magnificent moments. Yeah, Parramatta Power's favourite son, Mitchell Duke. Um, can't can't write them off, mate. <laughs> can't write them off. Uh, well, let's have a look then at the uh, at the rest of the World Cup. Of course, uh, uh, on the other side of things, um, today we saw Argentina. Uh, who the Aussies will play next get through uh, their best performance, I think, so far two 0 against Poland. That that was pretty clinical, wasn't it? They completely dominated the polls. Yeah, they did. I mean, considering um, Poland had everything to play for as well, it was disappointing for them. I think a bit of a, a dodgy penalty call, uh, well, penalty won by Messi uh, in that first half. But apart from that, it was yeah, it was domination from from Argentina, and they've bounced back after that. You know, that really shock uh, loss to Saudi Arabia in their their opener. What do you think Graham Arnold will be looking at? Um, given you got the Argies next, I mean, you know, the Aussies play Saudi Arabia a fair bit in and around, you know, Asian qualifying, Asian Cup things like that. Uh, so, you know, they're a team that you'll know reasonably well. Anything you think he can take from that opening game to use in this uh, round of sixteen game? Yeah, I, I think it's more of the same in terms of the approach. I don't think he's going to make a lot of changes. He's, he's stuck mostly with the same eleven, apart from um, right back, where you know we've. It's been um, Atkinson and Karacic and then uh, Milos Degenek, uh today. So I think you'll keep the same formation, the same the same players, you know, injury uh, permitting, and you know, look to be quite compact, but but press when when needed against Argentina, and, and obviously, um, you know, I guess you kind of frustrate them. They've they've got world class ability everywhere, and you know, I think the French game showed what a, a high powered opponent can do, but. The self belief is is definitely there. They're they're really riding a wave of momentum at the moment. Mm, yeah, they are. They are. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, what have you made of the Poms so far, mate? Uh, I thought you know they dominated the second half against the Welsh, uh, but were pretty poor really uh, against the, both the US and in that first half against the Welsh. Yeah, I, I think they've looked good. I mean, I think the USA have always been a historically a, a tough opponent for them. You know, they've got a, a pretty bad record against America um, and at the end of the day they've they've won two and drawn one and, and topped their group so I think they've done what they they needed to do they they are I think you know they're, they're primed for a 
good World Cup and, you know, uh, I think, you know, top four um, semi-final spot. But I think if the way it works out, if they beat Senegal, they're most likely to face France in the quarterfinal. Um, and that is a, a huge challenge. I mean, um, I think, you know, France will be very, very dangerous and very tough to beat, obviously, the, the defending champions. So if they can get past France and they are really in a good chance of winning the World Cup. But, um, yeah, I think after the first game, particularly in the UK, there was a lot of celebrations. And then after the USA game, a lot more sort of coming back down to earth, um, probably uh, appropriately. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Of course, you mentioned uh, the the French. Uh, they um, had a win. Uh, sorry, had a loss this morning, but they changed their entire eleven, which I didn't actually see coming. I thought they'd just want to keep the momentum up, but he's pretty much given everybody in the squad a run now. Yeah, I mean, it's it quite a short turnaround with this World Cup. It is a bit condensed, obviously, but we're playing at the wrong time. So I think there was nine changes, um, and then he brought Mbappe on for the last thirty minutes. So um, it was. You know, an interesting strategy. Uh, I guess um, you know, just looking ahead to, to further the tournament, and we'll we'll see how that plays out, whether it works or not. Um, it remains to be seen. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. We'll have to keep an eye on that. What are, what have you made of the Dutch? They have, have been uh, some people's dark horses. Um, they have won that group. Of course, they play the US next. Um, they haven't had Memphis Depay for the first two games. He's been recovering from a hamstring injury. I think he makes a big difference in that team. Uh, do you rate them as an opportunity, as, as a chance to to go deep? Yeah, I think they do. I mean, they don't they don't seem to have perhaps some you know standout players uh, like they have in the in the past. You know, with your your Cruyffs and your Bergkamps, etc. But they do they do have a very very talented squad, and they've they've shown you know a lot of class. I think um, without without completely obliterating anyone, they've you know they've they've easily topped their group. So I think they can do some some damage at this World Cup. They're always a a team that knows how to get to the latter stages, you know, and they're they're still searching for that that World Cup uh, full win, which um, would obviously be massive for for their country. Yeah, it'd be absolutely huge. Uh, what we have a uh, of course uh, we're halfway through the third round now, but uh, we've still got uh, a lot to be decided at this World Cup uh, coming up tomorrow. Uh, probably the big game is Croatia Belgium. Um, Belgium, you know that golden generation are looking looking pretty uh, pretty haggard. Lots of infighting in camp by, by the sounds of things, and uh, this Croatian team just keeps ticking over. I, I, it's hard to see Belgium getting a win here the way things have been going. Yeah, I mean it's 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 a little surprising um how poor they were in their their last game. Obviously, you know, Croatia finalists in, in twenty eighteen. But the one thing about this World Cup and obviously we, we saw it um a couple of hours ago, there just seems to be a lot of upsets, mm. um, a lot of unexpected results. You're never really sure how a game's gonna pan out. Obviously, you know, with with Saudi Arabia winning and um, you know, Japan uh winning as well. So yeah, it's I, I really can't call it. I mean, you, you probably think Croatia should have the edge, but um, there's still plenty of talent in that Belgian team if they can, you know, put their differences aside and uh, get back to playing together. Yeah, no Lukaku uh, so far this tournament, so I don't know if they're going to risk risk him in that game, but it might be all or nothing. The Morocco should have too much for Canada though in the other Group F game, and they should uh, cement themselves a, a playoff spot uh, around a 16 spot, I should say. Yeah, again, I would imagine so. I mean, I would I wouldn't be surprised if if Canada somehow pulled out a shock, but you know, I think I think Morocco are much stronger opponents, and um, they were fairly disappointing against Croatia. I think the the Croatians were were not short of, of 
motivation after some of the Canadian comments as well. And then the uh, Group E games uh, kick off at 8 o'clock New Zealand time tomorrow. Costa Rica, Germany, you'd think the Germans would win that. And then Japan, Spain. Uh, if Germany beat Costa Rica, then a, a draw Japan-Spain is good enough for both of them. That's what I'm backing at the TAB. What do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, uh, you would think you know Germany would be massive favourites. Costa Rica, very defensive team. Um, and against Spain, I mean, they were, they were outstanding in their first game. You, you think they'd have too much for Japan, but I think Japan are, you know, no one's no no walkover. Um, they've got they've got quality as well, and you know they'll they'll be riding high after their their first um, their first result uh, against Germany. So uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely have to keep an eye on that one, mate. I'm looking forward to it. And then uh, finally, um, Brazil still favourites for you, uh, even without Neymar. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're, they're looking decent. I mean, uh, their last game, it took them quite a while to sort of break uh, their opponents down and get the get the winner, but um, they're just sort of maybe a bit more pragmatic than, than some of the Brazilian teams at the past. But, um, you know, so much so much quality. They look quite united. They look pretty focused. Um, they've, they've definitely got to be one of the favourites to, to go all the way. Mm, yeah, we'll keep an eye on those games on Saturday morning. Uh John, I know that we've been talking football and I know you cover football, but you also cover the Super League in depth in the UK as well. Uh, big rumours on the internet the last couple of days that Owen Farrell is going to go and sign for Wigan. Uh, I saw Skybet started refusing to take bets on this, uh, which is the one thing that made me go, maybe there is something to this. What have you heard and how likely do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, it's, I've not I've not heard anything specific apart from the rumours. There's not sort of been... Official denials. It does. Um, on the one hand, it does seem fairly uh, far-fetched in that um, you know he's he, he owns so much more in, in rugby union. He's been a, a mainstay of that national team. There's a World Cup next year. I mean, I think the only really idea in terms of a move would be if if his name sort of you know a pen's been put through his name by Eddie Jones and in terms of the, the England national team, but. On the other flip side of that, you know, he is a he's a Wiganer. His you know father is a club legend. I, I remember a few years ago spotting him in the crowd at Old Trafford at a, at a Super League Grand Final when Wigan was playing. So, I think he he keeps a very close eye on on Wigan and on Super League. Um, and you know, I think with the the legacy of his name, um, you know, he, he he probably would like to to finish his career in league. So, you know, I think it's possible. I think it's unlikely, but. You know, if John Bateman um, does go back to the NRL as, as expected, that obviously opens up a marquee spot and, you know, a very, very healthy chunk of the salary cap that, that could entice him over. And, you know, it'd be great for rugby league in, in England, um, you know, and Super League to, to have a, a big name, a, a marquee sort of cross-code signing. We haven't seen a sizable one of those for, for quite a while. No, we haven't. I mean, that would be huge. That would be a huge statement. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess there's still the the question of whether or not Eddie Jones is going to be in charge of that team come the World Cup the way as November's gone. Yeah, it's been a really odd um, autumn test in terms of Wales, how badly they've struggled. England have struggled badly. Obviously, the Wallabies have as well. So it's just whether, you know, um, the the uh, administrations decide to, to swing the axe, you know, a year out from a World Cup or... They they stick uh, stick strong, but yeah, Eddie Jones is obviously under 
under huge pressure as is uh, Wayne Pivak at Wales. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, lots of pressure on those guys. Uh, lots of jobs up in the air. You got to think, John. Thanks very much for coming on, mate. Always good to chat. Uh, go well. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup, and we might even chat around that round of sixteen game, eh? Thanks, mate. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, sounds good. John Davidson there with us uh, out of the UK. You can follow him on Twitter, Johnny Davidson, uh, for all your football and rugby league news from an Australian perspective based out of the UK. It is 11.22 here on SENZ. This is Mornings with Ian Smith. It's uh, 11.27 here on Mornings with Ian Smith. Brendan texted through on 8833, which is the team for bedpost text machine, saying, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo is worth it. This was off the back of news that a Saudi club have offered to pay him $119 million US a season for three and a half seasons, which take him to nearly 41 uh, in terms of his age. And uh, we were talking about whether or not he's worth it. And uh, Brendan seems to think he is. He says he's arguably the greatest footballer ever. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, I'd agree with that. It's just, I think, those years are behind him, Brendan. You've said that tall poppy syndrome is alive and well. Well, you know, and I, I get what, you, what you're saying. Uh, I know there are a lot of Cristiano Ronaldo fans who, like him, are in denial about the waning of his powers. Um, but I, I, he isn't the player he was five years ago or ten years ago. Uh, and he doesn't seem to be able to accept that. But doesn't quite have the legs. can still do the sprints, he just can't do them as often or for as long. Um, and that happens to all of us, right? That is just a thing called age. But hey, who am I to knock him for taking 119 million US a year for three and a half years? What a way to finish your career. Uh, what a payday that would be. That's if he takes it. It's no confirmation that he's actually going to sign the deal. I think he still wants to play in Europe. He still wants to be playing Champions League. So there has been some speculation that he's met with Bayern Munich and that Chelsea are interested. So we will have to see uh, what happens because I think he still wants to play at that level rather than go to, uh, you know, the Saudis or or go to the MLS or anything like that. But we will have to see. Of course, the, the word is that Inter Miami, which is the team owned by David Beckham, uh, want to sign Leo Messi for uh, the MLS next season because his contract at PSG is going to be up at the end of this season. We will have to see how that turns out. Um, I have a feeling that Messi might want to go back to Barcelona for a year if uh, he can swing that, and then maybe maybe he can play Champions League one last time for Barca before he looks at that next stage of his career. We'll have to see, uh, but I think that is very much on the cards. Now, yesterday we had $250 of TAB bonus bets to give away, and yeah, it was uh, it was tight, but uh, we it got done. Two hundred fifty dollars worth of bonus bets got given away. It was yeah, it was that's a, that's a lot of bonus bets. We are back to fifty dollars today. So let's see if I can stump you, and uh, we can jackpot it further throughout the week. Uh, so if you want to play stumped, give us a call. 0800 0800-150-811 is our number, and we have up for grabs that $50 TAB bonus bet. Just answer three questions, get them all right, and uh, that is all yours. 0800-150-811. It is half past 11 here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. That is right, it is time for Stumped by Ricardo. While Smithy is away, uh, Logan is also away. Um, so you got me and Ricardo uh, running the ship while, while Smithy's gone. 
Ricardo, how, how are you going? Yeah, good, mate. Ready good. To go? ready, to, ready and rearing. Ready rearing and go. rearing. Okay, first up today, where are we? We have Kyle from Whangarei. Come in, mate. Hey, guys. How are we? Yeah, good, Kyle. Yourself, mate? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Looking forward to the end of the week, that's for sure. Yeah, only one day to go, mate. Only one day to you. Just do the Monday <laughs> to Friday. Yeah, mate. Uh, yeah, not on call this weekend, so that's, that's usually a, a good one to spend with the kids. Nice. What do you do? No, I work out at the port in Whangarei, out at uh, Northport. Oh, right, mate. You keeping busy up there? We are busy, mate. We are. It's been very quiet, but uh, all of a sudden we've exploded and she's flat out. Nice, mate. Nice. I see uh, there's been some talk about moving the old uh, Auckland ports and redirecting a lot of that uh, lot of that work your way, isn't there? Yeah, they've, they've been talking about it. It's all, it's all uh, speculation at the moment, though. Yeah, we'll have to see, mate. We'll have to see. Uh, what's, your, what's, your yep, yep. What, what's your go-to sport, mate? What's your big one? Oh, uh, NRL, mate, NRL or uh, or cricket. All right. Who's your NRL team? Ah, uh, Warriors. Have you seen the new jersey? Yeah, it glows, doesn't it? Yeah, it's got that big hole in the on the front. A few people have said it looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a portal to another dimension. Yeah. Um, you think some of those players might have to sink into it? Yeah. Well, maybe if they can find another dimension where the Warriors win a premiership, maybe they can go through it. Yeah, that'd be fantastic, wouldn't it? It would be, mate. It would be. Uh, all right. <laughs> what do you reckon? You reckon the Warriors are a chance next season? They made a few changes. New coach, uh, new new players. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm liking what the coach is doing, and you know he's pretty upfront with with his intentions, which is really good. And it's and it's a step ahead of the other coaches in the past years that you know, sort of dwindled around running the same team all the time. They haven't they've been afraid to make changes or to voice their opinions. But I think uh, Andrew Webster's actually really. Um, looks like he's hopefully going to make a bit of a difference. Yeah, hopefully, mate. Hopefully, we uh, it, it's the next Panthers, right? We can take some of that magic and sprinkle it on the Warriors. Yeah, I'd hope so. I'd hope so, mate. All right, let's do it, guys. Uh, we're ta- we're taking a quick break from uh, FIFA World Cup questions. Oh, are uh, we? They, they they will be back in due time after <laughs> okay. after they were taken yesterday. But your three categories today, Kyle, are softball, tennis, and cricket. I'll take cricket, please. Cricket, it is. All right, let's do it. The test series between Australia and the West Indies got underway yesterday at what ground? Optus. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Hey, yeah, lucky you got that. Well, I would have said the whacker because I've forgotten about I forgot about the new ground. Now that's yeah. under construction, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Off the stadium in Perth. Number two, rounded to the nearest whole number. What was Chris Martin's career test batting average? Two. That's a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and away it goes. Solid, Craig, solid. One more question. Last question. Uh, The Black Caps play Pakistan next in two tests and three ODIs. What two teams do we play after that? Oh... Oh, what are we? We're coming. Uh, Australia and uh, who was the other one? Is it Netherlands? One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Ricardo. I'm pretty sure one is India. Um, the other one I'm guessing, but I'm going to say England. One of the worst things oh, okay. I have ever seen done on a cricket field. <laughs> No, we uh we take on we take on England next, yeah. uh, and it's Sri Lanka after that. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, stump, miss stumping, miss stumping. So, so you get the fifty dollars TAB bonus bet, mate. Congratulations, Kyle. 
Thanks, guys. Thank you. And where are you going to put that? You got you got something lined up for the weekend? Yeah, I was just having a look at the UFC and thinking about uh, old Taitouivasa by yeah. knockout. I reckon that's a solid bet, eh? I reckon that's a yeah, solid yeah. bet. Uh, that other that Pavlovich he's fighting is pretty solid, but we've seen what Ty could do, and he you know knocked out knocked down Cyril Gunn in that last fight, the only person to do so. So I think he's going to carry on with that powerful uh, knockdown um, streak. Yeah, I think mate, or he, knockout streak, I should say. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of power in those hands, eh? That, yeah, that mate, overhand right he throws. Mate, you <laughs> He's got some, got some got some guts to it, eh? Yeah, you wouldn't want to stop that. What about are you? Much of a boxing nah. fan, Kyle? Uh yeah, a little bit, and I know Tyson Fury's fighting, and that was another one. I was thinking a knockout against Trezora is probably a pretty good good option as well. Yeah, I think so too, mate. I, probably around sort of round five or six, I reckon, is probably where that will be. But uh, yeah, yeah, well, Trezora can't box that long, so I think Fury will be all over him. Eh? He'll just be a punching bag, mate. I think um, Derek Trezora. <laughs> uh, I see yep, Joe yep. Parker's gone back up there. They reckon he's going to fight early next year. Who do you reckon he'll fight? Ah, man, yeah. Ah, that was a bit gutting, that Joe Joyce fight. Um, I'm not sure. I've been sort of... I, I don't have any names off the top of my head, but I'm sure it would probably still be someone that's pretty well known. Mm. I, th- I think a rematch against Dillian White's probably, you know, something that Joe's, Joe would like to do. And, and White, now that he's lost to Tyson, he needs to probably get back and get another win. So that might be a fight that appeals to both of them. Yeah, probably not a bad option, actually. And I know... JP probably wants to try and make amends for what happened to him in the last fight, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. David Light, the uh, Kiwi uh, Light Heavy. Uh, is he Light? No, he's Cruiserweight, isn't he? Cruiserweight's fighting in Miami this weekend as well. Ah, uh, uh, I heard you guys talking to him uh, last week, and he seemed like he was he was ready to go. Eh? He's pretty primed up and ready to go. Oh, mate, he, he went over there well, a couple of months ago over to Florida to fight this Cuban-American yep. boxer who was That's undefeated. Right. I think he got the guy was 12-0, and 0, and... David yep. Light knocked him out in the first round. So That's right, yeah. I remember him talking, you guys talking about that. And that guy, I think, was ranked 15th by the WBO. Uh, and he's yeah, gone yeah, yeah, over yeah. there to fight the guy that's now ranked 7th, and he's ranked 6th. So whoever wins it nice. gets a shot, a title shot at the WBO Cruiserweight title. Yeah, that'll be oh, that'll be good for New Zealand boxing, eh? You know, we just seem to have these stars that just sort of come up out of the out of the woodwork, um, as as one sort of falls, another one comes through, eh? Yeah, exactly, man. He's been uh, beavering away um, at his trade for a long time now, David Light. He's a very good boxer. Yep, he's yep. undefeated as a pro. I think he's eighteen and zero. Um, oh, sheesh. And uh, he's been trained by Isaac Peach as well, and uh, you know who's got uh, Jerome Pamplone and Andre Mikhailovich, yep. um, and a few others, Mia as well, um, who's fighting at the moment. So they're doing really well, and they've actually teamed up with Dean Lonigan as as their promoter. Oh, promoter, yeah. Oh, that'll be good. He's he's not a bad promoter, and he's done some pretty good things for boxing, hasn't he? He has, mate. He knows the game, eh? He knows the game, Dino. He does. He does. Yeah, good stuff, Kyle. Hey, listen, mate. Thanks for playing, and uh, thanks for the chat. Uh, good yeah, luck with good, our fifty dollars bonus bet, mate. And hopefully, uh, it returns, and you can fill your beer fridge with it. Yeah, that'll be good. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Go well. Uh, there you go. We will have another stumped for you tomorrow. Another fifty dollars up for grabs. When we come back, it is our Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run, and we uh, might go and catch up uh, with Andy as well and see what Andy Thompson and the Rural Roundup lads are up to. It's the Great Greyhound Racing New Zealand charity run. All right, this week's Greyhound pick to raise funds for Women's Refuge is racing at Palmerston North tomorrow night. Uh, 6.21 is the start time. It is race nine, and we're looking at number three, Dog 3 Opawa Superstar. That is the pick, uh, thanks to Greyhound Racing New Zealand, as we look to raise funds for 
uh, the Women's Refuge. You can tune in to SENZ every Sunday from midday for Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed, hosted by Greyhound experts Mark Rosanowski and Dan Roberts. Don't miss a beat with Greyhound Racing New Zealand's Dog Speed. Uh, now, looking at Opawa Superstar, tomorrow night, race nine at Palmy, paying three sixty the win, $1.40 the place, and has had four wins in a second in the last five starts. So well and truly in form and looks like a good dog to back. Now, uh, I wouldn't say it's gone to the dogs, but every time I see uh, Napier looking like he's running the panel, I do have to wonder. The rural roundup uh, boys are out in the fields, as it were. Um, gentlemen, how are we? Have we survived our first night at field days? Ricardo, g'day, mate. Yes, uh, we did survive our first night at Field Days. We're here, the Rural Roundup today, coming from the Grain Corp site at Field Days. And, uh, yeah, we had a good night last night, shouted the bar. Um, it did go on for a wee while, or SENZ, I should say, shouted the bar. Your invite didn't uh, make it to you, obviously, but but Kempe's did. Yeah. So um, He, he would have had enough years. of both of us, did he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kempi definitely drank the house down last night. I'll give you that one, Ricardo. <laughs> hey, great, great tip for a dog as well. If it's not an O'Power, it's probably not a Greyhound, is it? That, that is true. That is true. That is true. Yeah, I've, I've backed a few dogs in my in my uh, in, in my past, and uh, most of them haven't been opals. It's fair to say. Uh, what, what have you got happening on the show today, lads? Uh, look, we're, we're day two here at uh, Field Days, and uh, as I said, Grain Corp have been looking after us fantastically well. Um, it's it's great. Look, wandering around and just seeing so many people that I haven't seen for since the last time I was here, put it that way, uh, which is a big part of what field days are all about. And uh, But good chance to get together and speak to the, like, the leaders of the industry and, and get one-on-one conversations with them and see them face-to-face. We've got Dr Tim Mackle, who's the CEO of uh, Dairy NZ, on the show today, so really looking forward to uh, talking to him. Uh, we've got... Um, who else we got? We've got... Um, uh, oh, Mark Cameron. So he's the uh, ACT Party MP. There. Look, you can guarantee it, mate, there are politicians here coming out of your ears. So <laughs> if you want any politician, they're here. Uh, the Prime Minister was here yesterday. Um, yeah, that was a bit, that was interesting to say the least. You might have seen some press about that. Mm. Uh, but, um, and then uh, I think we've got Winston here coming up on Friday. We've got uh, uh, tomorrow. Yeah, definitely tomorrow we've got... Um, uh, Christopher Luxton and Todd Muller. So there's plenty of politicians here, plenty of... But the really good thing, mate, the sun's come out. Oh, that's and good. it is a beautiful, beautiful day. Yesterday, uh, with the rain and the thunder, like, uh, man, did it rain, and was there some thunder around yesterday. So, uh, yeah, but uh, big crowd here today, so it's uh, fantastic. Yeah, it's a blast from the past. Is Todd Muller still a thing? I thought he was done. <laughs> no, he is. He's definitely a thing. He's right, okay. definitely a thing. Okay. Which is, hey, hey, look, no, to be fair, um, Ricardo, he had a very, very public meltdown, right? Mm. And he's done what I think is the most courageous thing. He's picked himself up, he's owned it, and he's back on the horse in the responsibility. So he has no interest of being the leader again, but he is a very, very good agricultural spokesperson for Nationals. So I, I, I give him a huge amount of credit for not just fading away. He picked himself up and has owned his um, mental issue and is a real good advocate for actually talking about how you can recover. So I think it's really important. Mm, okay, uh, yeah, and you're going to have them on there. Uh, now, I know one thing that stood out for me yesterday, that you had the boss from Fonterra on. How did that go? And have you made notes to talk to the boss from Dairy NZ about from that chat? <laughs> um, look, I know they go a little bit hand in glove, and uh, there was a couple of the questions that I wanted, but the big word in agriculture, right, the big buzzword is either emissions or sustainability. And no matter who you're talking about, uh, you, you, or which of them, that's what they're talking about. What Fonterra does have here, which is really cool, is Milky. Now, Milky is their first electric milk tanker, so it's fully electric. 
Uh, and I see New Zealand Post have got a, um, a hydrogen uh, truck here, so delivering via, via hydrogen as well. So it's all about zero emissions, mate. And uh, when it comes to agriculture, that is the future. So um, there's a lot of discussion about that. And pretty much everywhere you go in any of these sites, um, it's all sustainability. It's all about um, looking forward to the future. So, you know, anyone that thinks that agriculture is stuck in the past needs to come to Mystery Creek Field Days and get a lesson. Yeah, indeed. And i tell you what, if, there, if, if you want a sustained emission, a night on, the, a night on it with Kempe is the way to go. <laughs> was, absolutely it was. He was on great form, Ricardo. We'd love to have you there, mate. Yeah, you should have made it. Oh, would have been great. Would have been great, boys. Sounds like you've got a full day ahead of you, gentlemen. Go well. Have a great show. And uh, we will be, uh, no doubt, probably talk to you again tomorrow and see you holding up. Thanks, mate. Cheers, yes, Ricardo. we've got another session tonight, so uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll look after ourselves. I'll, I'll, I'll give this boy here a bit of stamina. Like, he's, he's learning. He's learning. You're looking well he's hydrated, shall we say. Looking well yeah. hydrated, so that's Absolutely. a good thing. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Gentlemen, uh, the Rural Roundup is uh, back for you today again from midday everywhere except for Auckland and Wellington. It's 10 away from midday. It is five away from midday here on SENZ Mornings with Ian Smith. And uh, just about finished it for the day, but uh, I'll be back at 3 um, to do Phoenix Nation. So, staff, you've only got the three hours, not the four. Thanks, mate. Hey, you know, I'm all about helping you out, mate, all about helping you out. Um, you've got uh, a, a big three hours planned, though, no doubt. Um, what, what about Midday Madness? What's what's your go-to? Um, we sort of – we gave people a warning yesterday. It was something mm. we were going to do. Uh, the English Rugby Union have mooted a 10-minute – Sinbin to be chosen by the opposing captain, so it's just like I a forced power play. Yeah, um, what a I'm, I'm stupid idea. I was trying to think about it, thinking it would. It's a bit like the power play in cricket. Yeah, and when are they going to take it? When are they going to take it? And it's like, when would you take it, and who who would you impose it on? So, like, I think straight away people thought, oh, they'll they'll choose Adi Savia. You know, he's the most influential player. But I wouldn't. I sort of. I think you'd go the ten because that's the most unique skill set mm. and you get rid of the 10 you're going to force a fullback to come in all blacks wouldn't matter so much because Bodie can probably come up and play 10 but some teams you'd probably take the French captain The hut. you'd want to disrupt yeah and, Dupont take Dupont out and right. I actually just thought of one back then which oh, I'll tell you now I just thought you know the impact Samasoni Tokyo has mm. when he comes on so the 60 minutes 60th minute he comes on, the captain goes, you're back off at 10. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, I, I saw that and I was like, why? Like, like I get that, but why don't you fix the game you've got before you start trying to mess with it any further? Yes, I tend to agree. Like, don't introduce new things, get rid of some things. Yeah, there's too much going on already. Mm. You know, I, you know, if I had my way... And I, and I've, you know, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to be all um, sort of old school on it. But if I had my way, I'd just just bring back rucking. I mean, that would sort the rucks out straight away. You would have less people holding on to the ball, and that's what's caused all of those problems. Is they got rid of rucking? Yeah, it's, that's what do they say about blowing players out of the way? Yeah, um, just sink into them, push them, in, and ruck them out of the way. And it's yeah. not stomping. No, there is a big difference between stomping and just rucking. Doesn't do much. No, I mean you've got the technology now that you can cut stamping out, right? Mm. Because all that technology you can do the to have a look at whether they've been head high and if they've slipped up. You can use that to see if somebody's stamping or where somebody's rucking, right? Mm. So mm. that's what I'd. That'd be the first thing I'd do if I was running rugby. Yeah, rolling moors too. Got to do something about that. Well, yeah, I've I've had this conversation. I had this conversation with Steve Devine a couple of times and a few other people actually. You know, you don't get to go again. Once it stops, once you got yeah, to use it. That's it. That's yeah. it. And you're also 
you can tackle the guy who's holding the ball. I agree with that too. And they just and you get penalty tries and all sorts of things for collapsing the more. But the, the more's sometimes indefensible. Yeah. Uh, you get Grantness, but on rolling moors, holy heck! Just just say rolling moors, but what are your thoughts? Turn your mic off and take ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense to me. Why can't you carry? Why can't you tackle the guy carrying the ball? That is boiling it down to the simplest principle. That's what the sport's about. Mm, mm, it is. You know. It crazy, is. crazy. Yeah. All right, so well, you've already got me fired up for midday madness. <laughs> Tell you that much. Uh, yeah, you don't have to agree with it whether it's a good <laughs> idea, but who would you, who would you put in the bin and when yeah. and what part of the field? We're going to talk to Nick Stoll. He is football writer, producer of Stan Sport, and host of the National Curriculum on ESPN. Obviously, talking about the Socceroos. Yeah, uh, fantastic for our Aussie mates over there. Uh, we'll have Tony Johnson on um, probably the last time this year. We'll review the year. We'll look at the rugby awards that are coming up uh, Thursday next week. next week. Yep. So um, we'll have a look at the nominees and who he thinks uh, will go a long way to winning those and um, going to talk to a young greyhound trainer that left New Zealand six months ago and going to give it a crack in Australia oh yeah had his first winner on Tuesday how good young man Taylor Thornton so we'll catch up with him as well yeah oh, it's a busy old show mate it's and busy. the vault and the vault $200 today Ooh. $200 bonus speed up for grabs well, we gave away a two hundred and fifty dollar one yesterday on Stumped. Well, here's my prediction. Yeah. I don't think they'll get it today either. So tomorrow we two because you only get three questions today. Right. But regular listeners, they've heard the seven, they've heard the five. Yeah. Now they get three of their own. Yep. And the one on Tuesday thought he had it, but he didn't. Mm, so they've made inroads, but made inroads. Sam tells me they're still a wee way away. So two hundred dollars, okay. it's worth it. Worth a nudge, definitely worth a nudge. What time you got the vault happening? Uh, two forty, I think. Two forty. All yeah. right, tune in for the for the vault at two forty. Uh, right before you finish. Staff. Right before I finish, and you can use two hundred dollar bonus bet on Phoenix Nation tips. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. <laughs> it is coming up midday. That is us here on SENZ mornings with Ian Smith. Thanks to Brandt, your local John Deere equipment supplier. We'll be back from nine o'clock tomorrow.